tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Good morning. Welcome along to Tip Today. 1800-938-007. That's our free phone number. It won't cost you anything to make a call. And Emma is looking after the programme today. Now, coming up on this morning's show, Guardian doctors urge parents not to give e-scooters to children and teens this Christmas. We'll have listeners on discussing assorted topics. Pressure on parents this Christmas. Trumpety, bumpety and stray missiles and uh, the new gambling bill as well. So all of that and much, much more on the way. You can text and WhatsApp 083-311-3311. You can email uh, tiptoday at tipfm.com. Quick look at what's making headlines in the newspapers today. Um, to the Irish Examiner, first of all, and they're telling us that the most far-reaching legislation regulating gambling in the history of the state will see a total ban on social media advertising and end sponsorship for sports clubs with underage grades and we'll be talking about that a little later on in the programme to the Irish Independent and uh, their banner headline is Hike in Fuel Allowance Threshold will benefit over 80,000 people and uh, the story there is that thousands more households are set to qualify for the fuel allowance scheme worth almost 1,000 euro for the first time from next year and people over 70 who earn as much as 500 a week will now qualify for the payment totalling 924 euro across 28 uh, weeks from September every year to the Irish Times many of the uh, papers today uh, commenting on that uh, missile strike in uh, Poland but uh, they were put to bed too early to hear from Joe Biden which uh, his statement basically saying that uh, it's not probable that uh, the missile came directly from Russia. The HSE warned Donnelly on mandatory disclosure in cancer cases. That's uh, on the front of the Times as well. The Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, was warned by the board of the Health Service Executive that his plans to legislate for mandatory open disclosure in medical cases would have negative consequences for the state's health screening services. It has emerged, so you'd imagine there'd be some fallout from that to the Irish Daily Mail. And uh, they have a banner headline that shouts, No plan for the future. The government's failure to provide five-year spending plans in crucial areas of climate, health and the ageing population risks sending the costs of multi-billion euro projects spiralling. Now, you may well add what's new about that, but uh, there you go. And we still have coverage across the newspapers today uh, about Vicky Phelan and in the case of the Daily Mail their headline says Victory for Vicky the Taoiseach and uh, the Justice Minister commit to the campaigner's cause. So that's a look at the headlines today if you want to comment on any of that 083 
A senior guardie and trauma specialist are urging parents not to give e-scooters to children and young teens this Christmas, noting the battery-powered vehicles have been involved in one death and 24 serious injuries in Ireland so far this year. Now, in recent months, we have received complaints from our listeners about them on the roads, and Paulina joins me now. Paulina, good morning to you. Good morning, Grant. Lovely to talk to you, Paulina. Um, What do you think about e-scooters to begin with? Do you see them as dangerous? Well, so first of all, we have to kind of separate the private e-scooters, which is mostly what you buy your your, your children for Christmas, but there's also the rental scooters market. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the rental scooters market in big cities, uh, they are actually okay, in my view, uh, because countries have been introducing a lot of different laws and restrictions. When it comes to private scooters and giving them to children, uh, I am a a big no-no. You also, um, you were telling us about a a new trend that I wasn't aware of. That's sort of a a romantic spin on the scooters. What's that about? Yeah, so uh, I see that a lot in bigger cities, in Paris, in Warsaw, you know, in Milan. Uh, You see couples riding the scooters together. Um, So (laughs) usually the girl is at the front and the guy is at the back driving together. And unfortunately, uh, we've been hearing about uh, deaths. Um, as a result of, of, of riding in this way. If you um, if you actually ride over a certain pebble or something on the road, straight away you can just fall and hit your head. So it's very dangerous. I, I would imagine so indeed. Um, the notion of being able to hire the scooters from higher companies, is, 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 are they in our cities, do you know, Paulina? So um, as far as I know, uh, this is a very, very big trend in Central and Eastern Europe, not as much uh, in Ireland, because even the two Irish companies, Zeus Scooters, I think, and, and the other one, they've been expanding internationally in UK, in Poland and, and various other regions. Um, so I know, and I've been renting them myself, you mm. know, when I travel. Yes. Uh, but I've seen them in Ireland as well. I've seen them in Dublin, but I've seen more private scooters in Dublin. Right, because I'm just wondering about where the law is. I, I think there's legislation yeah. still uh, to be enacted where this is concerned, as far as I know. So I'm not sure how legal it is to to ride an e-scooter here in, in this country. In Ireland, we still, as far as I know, we still are uh, expecting a legislation. In yes. other countries, uh, we do have legislations. Um, so I was reading this morning, for example, in UK, it's actually illegal to ride a private scooter on public roads. It's only the rental scooters that are legal. Other countries are actually cutting the speed limit to 10 or 15 miles per hour. And in some countries, such as Norway, you have to wear a helmet. So there's different registrations that particular countries are introducing because we don't really have a European law that would regulate the the issue. It's interesting. And in other countries, is there any kind of insurance, Paulina, or how does that work? Well, I'm not aware uh, about any insurance, but you kind of rent a scooter as if you would get an Uber. You know, yes. you go online, you yeah. have an app. They are all around the city. They're being dropped. You sort of pick them up with your app. You write them and then you leave them somewhere. And then at the end of the day, there is a guy picking them up and then uh, placing them in a parking spot. Right. It's very very interesting. And the fact that senior guardie and trauma specialists, some doctors, some consultants uh, coming out advising against buying them for for children and teens. How do you feel about that? 
Yeah, so I actually have a personal friend who had a very big injury from falling off the scooter and he had completely shattered his hand. The doctor said that it was actually broken in many different places. And I also spoke to a doctor because we had a session then following the accident. And um, the doctor said that they are seeing these injuries and, and the broken bones in a very unconventional way loads of injuries from falling off the scooters in, in a very unconventional way. Right, so very particular injuries from from these scooters. Um, the, the thing that troubles me about them, and I, it was only a couple of days ago I came across it as well, early in the morning when it's dark, is that they, there's no attention to what people are wearing when, when they're riding these scooters, just in terms of being seen, Paulina. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, uh, riding at night, um, I, I failed to mention that certain countries are also banning the use of scooters at night or at the weekend when people are intoxicated. So, you know, looking at the international legislation, we can assume safely that children under 15, age, uh, under 15 years of age shouldn't really ride it or shouldn't ride it without a helmet. It's important what you wear and it's crucial to, you know, to be sober riding these things. Yeah, it's it's interesting. But is it the way of the future, do you think? I mean, is this something we're going to have to just get uh, get to grips with? I think the way of the future is definitely the rental mm. scooters, the rental scooters that you can simply rent in bigger cities because in bigger cities you have the bicycle routes and the pavements and yes. most of the countries are saying you can ride them on the bicycle pav- on the bicycle routes or on the pavements if the pavements are wide enough. Now we have a problem with smaller cities or smaller towns and the estates and children riding them on, you know, on kind of on those roads. But I still think, I still think, you know, it's not for kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, go- they're, they're too kids. fast for children anyway, aren't they? They are fast and they are a mode of transport. You know, in certain countries, even to ride a bicycle, kids have to pass like a, a little exam to get a bicycle card to even ride a bicycle. So yes. there is a level of skills. And but But the bicycle card, it's not just about do you know how to ride a bike? It's about, do you know, the rules of the road and the rules of, you know, just people walking. Do you know that? Because any vehicle, even when you are a pedestrian, you should know the rules of the road. (laughs) So... Yeah, you'd imagine it's, it should be basic. I remember Mick, who contributes to the show, telling me though he was afraid to walk out of his his gateway because they, these these things are flying up and down, and if they hit you yeah. at speed as a pedestrian, I mean, it could be very serious. I would imagine. I've seen that firsthand. I had a lot of situations like that. So it, it's it's anybody also suffering with a disability moving around the yes, town. Yeah. They've been complaining about that hugely as well because these things are very fast and I literally see people on scooters moving through the crowd at various speeds. It's, yeah, it's very dangerous. But again, they are rental. So the rental companies are responsible to keep those scooters in check, to to keep, you know, the technical fitness of these scooters, so on and so forth. When you have a private scooter, that's that's more dangerous, really, if you think about it. That's interesting. But when you're away, you do use them yourself, Paulina. I 
did. I, I used them once or twice, you yeah. know, and I see people even working and um, I even seen people carrying like a luggage <laughs> on top of these scooters, oh, you know, just taking a little ride. So yeah. they are very popular in big cities when you, when you, you know, when you move around the city. They are hugely popular and they are the future. If you think about it, they are a sustainable alternative. Yeah. But if we want our kids, like I would say to everybody, don't get them to children under 15 years of age, really. That, that would be my main advice. Yeah. And, and that's the advice from kids. that's the advice from the medical experts and from the guardie uh, as well. So just it's not they're not for kids, basically. They're not for kids. They're yeah. not for kids. They are a, tra- a, a transport mode. Um, what comes with that is parental supervision, helmets. It, it's a lot of bother. There are great toys and other things that you can get your kids. Yeah, but I mean, most of us would insist on a child wearing a helmet riding a bicycle, for God's sake, and still we're seeing kids going around on these things, uh, which would travel as fast, if not faster, um, without yeah. safety equipment, you know, so it's a, it's a bit crazy. Paulina, lovely to talk to you, and thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you, and good morning to Hi. you. That's Paulina speaking to us there, 1800-938-007. Barbara's with me. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Fran. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Lovely to talk to you. You, and you, you, too. you seem to believe these things are just death traps. I actually do. And every time I go out, there I see them. And I was in town yesterday. Um, a man in his 20s just got zigzagging in and out. And then I went walking late because I'm trying to train to bring the two dogs, you know, on by myself mm. because the big fella is sitting at the gate and I was wondering why he kept doing it. Mm. He was missing the small dog. I just thought he was being lazy. So I brought a friend with me yesterday and out past Powerstown, um, this young fella in about 14 zigzagged across the road. I don't know how he wasn't killed and came right up on the path. Wow. Yeah. He just had no... Like, they don't even beep. Right. And what what age, roughly, was he? I'd say he was about 13, 14. I really didn't see his face. It was going that fast. And it was dark. You know, it was getting dark. But, like, they go 25 kilometres an hour. Yeah. Now, if you are hit by one of them... Yeah, I know. And that's the big danger, isn't it? Particularly when they're on the footpaths. Yeah. And the footpaths are so slippy at the moment and you're trying to, you know, keep your balance and stuff. But I just think myself that I actually think it should be 18. Do you? Because, even, yeah, yeah, I actually do. Because even, you know, the 16 and the 17-year-olds, they're the ones that are treating it if it's a, you know... Yeah, like w- they were in their first time having a car, they want to, you know, go yeah. as fast as they can. Um, and what about, I mean, do you think that it should require insurance or registration or licensing of some kind? Licence, yeah, and insurance, definitely. Yeah. And I defy all parents to not get one because I have read up on injuries. The Matter Hospital in Dublin has seen a very high increase mm. And a lot of them is young children or colliding with the Lewis and, you know, other vehicles. So I just think they're horrible things. I actually do. So you'd go along with the senior guardie and the trauma specialists who yeah. are saying, just, just don't do this, you know? 
Yeah. Now, I can imagine, Barbara, the pressure that parents are going to be put under this I Christmas know, for it's these terrible, things. But, I mean, I remember when my two, I got them bikes. One was the Spider-Man, one was the Brat. And yes. especially the young one. Yeah. She went in, I used to call it, are you doing the river dance? <laughs> you know, like she'd stand in one spot and she'd be going, you know, with the two feet. Yes, yeah. And she says, I'm not going out in that. I'd be laughed at. Well, I said, if you fall off your bike, you could hit your head and end up in hospital. Yeah. And the minute I said that, she wore it. Right. I used to have to put our hair up fancy, you know, for it to look good. And, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, I know. I know. But, but, I mean, I've seen children even up here and in different estates. But I've seen a young fellow one day. And he went over the handlebars, oh, you know, Lord. on the ramp. Yeah, because you know, they're, the ramp. they're tiny little little uh, wheels on them, you know. Yeah, they're lethal. They're absolutely lethal. Did you ever try one? Fran, are you joking? I can hardly walk, <laughs> never mind. No, oh, I tell you what I don't like either. What? And I think they're, you know, those hoverboards. Boards. Do you hear me? Hoverboards. Hoverboards. Boards. Boards. Yeah. Is that what the yeah. two wheels on them? Is it that? Yeah. Now I seen a man fall off one of them. Right. And I said to him, I, I said to him, are you have are you drunk or something? He said no. He said, he said no, I'm not drunk. He said I just went down to get you know a couple of cans. Right. He said this is my son's. And I said, sure, you can't use it. He said, who are you telling? He said, they're horrible things. Oh, I'm sorry for laughing, but he borrowed his son's hoverboard thing. Yeah, Yeah, because there was a match on and he didn't want to miss it. Do you know what I mean? I know, yeah. And I said, yeah, yeah." I said, sure, would you not be quicker getting a taxi and it'd be a lot safer? My God, he certainly would. I I tried uh, one of these uh, e-scooters once, but, I mean, you'd want to be very skilled to use them. You'd want to have good balance. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, strong legs and, do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, actually would. Definitely not for me anyway. So your advice to parents out there is don't buy them. Or if they do, yeah, or if they are going to buy them for their teenagers to wear a helmet. But I actually can't see that because, you know, with young lads and their hair and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, it, I yeah, it wouldn't think, be cool enough. Yeah. Yeah, I just think more should be done because the amount, the accidents and what it can cause, like serious head injuries. Yeah. Broken hips, oh, knees. Stop. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Barbara, always good to talk to you and thank you so much for coming on with me today. 1800 What do you think about uh, e-scooters? Do you have a problem uh, with them? Uh, Fran, I'd uh, rather meet an e-scooter with lights instead of a whelp beating a horse in a sulky, says one of our listeners. Um, the HSE don't want anybody to know they cover up their mistakes, it says here. I'm surprised they actually think that people trust the screenings after all of the cover-up. It's time it went further and prosecuted for manslaughter, it says here. Somebody else saying there's plenty of scooters on the road and no helmets. They're on the road like bicycles, only faster than a bike and no insurance and not always on the cycle lanes either. Somebody else saying, I agree with that uh, listener. I saw teenagers in Dublin city centre flying about uh, surprised that there's not more serious injury um, with these things. So that's the thoughts so far on the e-scooters. What about you? Again, 083 311 
Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Listener telling me about scooter users on the Golden New Wind Road at night uh, wearing dark clothing and Maria says I'm sick of it. It makes you very nervous when you're passing them out. It is so dangerous. They badly need to have high-vis jackets. Well, that's that's a bad road at the very best of times. So, yeah, you'd imagine that's pretty dangerous indeed. Tara's with me. Good morning, Tara. Good morning, Tara. Um, Your kids won't be getting scooters, Tara? No, most definitely not, no. Why so, because? Well, one, I'd say they're dangerous, I think. And two, I only forked out for bikes for my kids last year. Right. So they have two new bikes anyway. So as I told them, they can only use one at a time. So they couldn't cycle the bike while on the scooter. And are they looking for scooters, Tara? And they were because they look, they've seen, you know, their friends on them and they've seen them around the town. Yes. Right. And have you any idea about the price of a, an e-scooter? They're about €500. Euros. Wow. Yeah. And even at that, if anything happens to them, it's very hard to replace. Like, I, I know people that their wheels have punctured and they can't replace them. There's The motor has run down. And oh, I see. It's very hard anymore. to get parts, you mean. Is that yes, it? Yes, sorry. Yes. Okay. It's very hard to get parts. So, it's kind of like... You're going to have to buy a new one if anything happens to the one you've just got. Right, okay. So the follow-up. Yeah, I'm just just looking here online and it starts at about €200 Euro and, as you say, runs up to over €600. Euro. So somewhere, oh, okay. so somewhere, somewhere in the middle there would be, as you yeah. say, four or €500, Euro, which is a, a, a lot of money. But from a danger point of view, uh, Tara, I mean, are you? would you be particularly concerned about that? Yes, definitely, because... Any of the people I've seen on them, any of the adults or even children, there's no helmets, there's no highways. They flash in and out of cars like they're playing chicken. Like, I don't drive, but, like, if I'm in a taxi or if I'm, you know, in a car, yeah. uh, they just come out of nowhere. Even through the town here at Carmel, you see uh, the teenagers, and it's like a game. They're going between the white lines on the road and they're kind of zigzagging through them. Yeah, and it, it it seems like, certainly in the mornings, it seems that they appear out of nowhere because of lack of lights and all of that. Because I came across one on the Cashel Road roundabout there some days ago and it was so day. I mean, I could have easily hit them. I could have yeah. easily hit them. And I've seen adults with small children standing up on them as well. There's two people on them. Yeah, we were told about that earlier on with Paulina. Um, she was saying that it's kind of romantic now to head off with two people on them. And oh, well, it is romantic, but then if you have to break or if a car hits you, absolutely, yeah, that absolutely. child's face is going straight for that handlebars. God. Even if it has a hat on, the face is going to get. It's 
lose a few teeth and break break oh, their nose. Stop. Absolutely, yeah. But I mean, isn't it enough that the senior guardy are coming out about this? The trauma specialists are saying that they're seeing all sorts of odd injuries now um, because of people falling off these things. That's it, because there's no protection. Like, if you're on a bike, you have your high-vis, you have your ha- helmet, and if you if you don't you know, follow the rules of the road on your bike, the guards can come and take that bike off of you. You know, there is rules for that. So I don't see why there isn't rules for these electric scooters, you know, that go faster than a pedal bike. Yeah, um, we're we're still waiting on proper legislation, at least that's my understanding of this in some yeah. way, to be, be enacted where it's uh, concerned. Because I think, technically, I think it's still illegal to have them on the roads. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say it is, but that doesn't... And it's not even just on the roads. You have people on the footpaths with them too. So you, you, no one actually knows, I suppose, what to do because if they're on the footpaths, they're being told, get off the footpath. Then if they're on the road, they're being told, get off the road. Yeah. You know, because it's not a vehicle, it's not a car, it's not... Yes. So, so it doesn't fit into any real category. As far as you're concerned, are they a lot more dangerous than a bicycle, for example? Yes, I would say so, yeah. For me, anyway, because, you know, with a bike, you know, your kids have training on bikes. You get training wheels. You know, everybody, you know, does the whole thing with their bike. You stand behind them and your kids, uh, you know, you help them with yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas with these scooters, all you do is stand on top of it, press a button, and off you go. And off you go, yeah. And there's, like, if the child lets go of the thing and it's still going, the scooter's going to go forward and the child's going to go backwards. Yeah, and uh, there's a pretty, uh, and again, this is from one experience of these things, but there's a very immediate acceleration on them as well, which sort yes. of... Um, it doesn't build up, it's just like one to yeah. whatever. Well, I, I was left in a very, shall we say, undignified situa- situation after trying them. So, the, yeah, you, I mean, you'd want to be skilled enough to, to ride them, that's uh, for sure. Well, well, that's it, yeah, you would, because, as I said, people think it's a game. Or would mean, I've seen most of the teenagers, and as I said, they'd be going down the main road of Tramel by McDonald's, and this is where it's a busy stretch of road. There's cars already sure on is. this road. Yeah. But kids, teenagers, going in and out of those white lines on front of the cars and they're playing games with each other but the cars are all behind them and they're like if we hit one of these kids, we're in serious trouble. But the kids then have no sense of danger of what they're doing. And are your children telling you that their friends are getting these for Christmas? Yep. Okay, so we can expect a lot more of them on our roads and footpaths over the next while, you think? Yeah, and that's just the teenagers. Only God knows, you know, because you can get the small ones for children. Yes. For smaller kids. So, only God knows what that's going to be like. When yeah, somebody telling me, my daughter, it says here, has a jacket with indicators and brake lights, but I still don't like them, says one one of our listeners out there. Um, at least that's something. That person at least went out of their way to make sure that while their child was on the scooter, that people would know that they're there. As you said, people are going out in them in dark clothing. What do you make, though, of the whole green element of this, that, you know, from a climate point of view and all of that, it's better that people might use these instead of, I don't know, motorbikes or cars even, you know, because adults are using them as well? Well, I can see in the next five to ten years we're going to have 
a build-up of a lot of broken scooters that haven't been able to be repaired. Because a lot of people that I know that got the scooters last year, and if they broke down or the motor's gone, they're just thrown out in the back garden now. So and they're they, waiting to get a new one. So it's just junk, as far as you... Yeah. yeah. That's what it's going to... Like, we're going to have, like, as I said, a build-up of just broken scooters just yeah, around. It, it's so, so are you saying to me from a green point of view what about the junk created then by these things as well yes, I suppose that's that, what I'm yeah. thinking yeah because if they have no yeah. way at the moment of even fixing these parts if they break yeah. then all of this stuff is just going to build up and build up until they do have it and then where is that going to go it's not, it's not like they're going to recycle these parts to fix these scooters they're just going to make more scooters and get people to buy them. Uh, somebody wondering as well, what is the official line on the scooters? I think we're still in a kind of a, a no man's land where legislation is concerned. I think we're awaiting legislation as far as I know and that's what I, yeah, I've been looking Yeah, because that's where I think here. the guards are having a problem yeah. because they can see the danger but they don't really have any control over it right now at the moment. Obviously if they see somebody being really dangerous with it, I'm sure they can go over and take it off of them. Yes. But I'm not sure... Somebody making a very good point and saying A&E will be very busy on Stephen's Day. Plenty of broken ankles. And it reminds me of when the Wii came out. You remember oh, the yeah, Wii game? Yeah, I do, yeah, yeah. And half the people ended up in A&E because of the boxing game and stuff. That's <laughs> what <laughs> it reminds me of. I nearly ended up with a heart attack. I tried the tennis version of that and I thought I was fitter than I was. But anyway, I won't say any more about that. Uh, Tara, really good to talk to you today. We wish good you well. Thank you. you. Thank you Take for coming care. on. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 You know, that's uh, Tara there. Barbara was on to say, um, about a month ago, there was a young child, about four, sitting on handlebars of an e-scooter on the uh, road in Clonmel. Uh, two on the back, uh, the teenager with one hand around the child, going as fast as he could, no regard for safety or the safety of others. And I'm very annoyed about it. All right, we'll be right back to you. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip Today on 1-800-938-007. Seemingly, this legislation is still before the Oireachtas, but uh, if and when it is enacted, um, there will be a minimum age of 16 years, compulsory helmets for those aged between 16 and 18, and a ban of use on footpaths. Good luck with that. Um... Yeah, and it can be uh, expected when the legislation is passed and rolled out, there will be an increase in the number of uh, e-scooters operating in public places um, and indeed, I suppose, these are firms as well that will rent them out. So uh, that's where it stands at the moment. But I guess at the moment, then, from a a legal point of view, we're sort of in in a no-man's-land situation. Mick is with me. Good morning to you, Mick. Hello, Fraser. Mick, it was you who told me before, wasn't it? That that you were coming out your own gateway and you were sort of almost. Yeah, would you believe it? I just had to measure the footpath here. Yeah. It's five feet uh, wide. Okay. And uh, it's covered roughly uh, eight to nine houses. It was in the terrace houses where I'm living. Yes. Now, 
if you come out by gate, if you weren't paying proper attention, if you weren't looking out for e-scooters, you would be creeped with any offer. Because they are up and down the path. Yeah, that's a lot that they come down at e-scooters. There's the opener comes down the footpath here. Every morning, you would go down to the schools. I was very in the dustbin there one morning, if you nearly had me, on a bike. Now, he was doing at least 20 miles an hour, I'd say, on the bike. And you can just imagine getting his with that. Now, even breathing, make it worse then, I guess hit by a knee scooter. Mm. I'm a pretty big guy. I'm, I'm, I'm around 15 to 16 stone, mm. at six foot one. But this guy, uh, on the knee scooter in particular, uh, he's about 15 stone weight, I'd say. Mm. And he's coming up the footpath here every day of the week, and he's going to definitely take out me or my wife or somebody else. And from a legal point of view, we do seem to be in a kind of a no-man's land with this, don't we? I mean, eventually, when this is enacted, they won't be able to ride on the footpaths. But for now... I look at laws. Uh, You bring in laws, you must be able to administer the laws. Yeah, That's why we have uh, legislators for. Some of the laws we bring in are nonsensical. Some make, make great sense. But they're only as good as the way they're implemented. Yes. I have a son a lawyer myself, and he says to me, do you want do you want law or do you want justice? Right. Because if you're looking for justice, you'll never get it. You get right. plenty law. They're two separate things, yeah. They're two separate things, and uh, as far as I can see, there's a free-for-all in this country as regards laws. There's no respect whatsoever at this stage for elderly people. No. As far as I see. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I suppose that's, that's, a, that's a kind of a broad statement there to me. But yeah. uh, I have said on numerous occasions, these young people, you know, whichever goes on the road or uh, goes somewhere, and it starts with F. Right. Yeah. Are and, you, uh, you serious? You'd be told to F off if you ask. Yeah, anything. absolutely. Yeah. And the other word starts with B. Right. Yeah. And that's about as blunt as I can put it. And I, I have great time for, for young people. I have a grandson myself. I have uh, grandnieces and the whole lot, and they're all nice kids and the whole lot. But uh, when it comes down to, to uh, nonsensical stuff or the implementation of laws, there's absolutely no respect whatsoever. And do you find that across the board? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Are the girls that are the bleak or not? Because you're, still, you're not supposed to criticise Gardaí. You can do whatever you like in this country, but they're a special species. You can't criticise them. Oh, well, they get a bit of critique now on this programme from time to time. I have to get critique, yeah, but when it comes down to it, like, uh, I mean, if you, if you were to say to a girl tomorrow morning, hey, come here, girl, did you see that jumping that go down the road on it? Why are you probably doing about it? He'd probably tell you to take off Ah, uh, well, I'm sure, I'm sure he wouldn't tell you to have There's every chance of it, you know. But we have loads of law and no order. And and what about the excuse that we hear time and time again, then, that, you know, the resources aren't there for the guardee, or when you get people into court, it's a revolving door and all of that. Does any of that hold water for you? But, upon uh, resources, like, you know what I mean? Resources... Uh, Num- numbers I, I on the streets, I suppose. Yeah, the resources are only something that you use to serve a situation, you know. Mm. And uh, e-bikes, uh, obviously they're not, they couldn't be legal. Mm. 
they just can't be. Well, really, at the moment, it appears they're not. Yeah, I mean, if, if I had a, a young love, we say these things, you know, and I said to brother on the door, I'm going to give him a time bomb, you know? Do you think? Absolutely. They're coming through. They, and, and, uh, I, I saw one of them, do you know the, the St. Luke's, where they have the, as I call it, uh, I, I don't call it a roundabout anymore, I call it an overabout. Yes, <laughs> I know that you drive over. Yes, yeah, that's there at the medical yeah, centre as well. Yeah, yeah. Go over that there with e-bikes. God you know? almighty, yeah. And, but uh, you, you know what's going to happen with that? Some kid is going to fall off it or something. Absolutely, but you, I, I don't know. I mean, I all the parents. I mean, I, okay, I, I, I was never going to win the parent of the year award, but. Jeez, I wouldn't say that young fella on, on uh, 15 or 16 years of age was, was a, uh, we call it a vehicle of sorts, going as 20 to 30 kilometres in Norway, with no helmet. No, I mean, you wouldn't say the young fella playing Holland anymore, would you, without a helmet? You certainly wouldn't. Um, yeah. the, the legislation, when it does come in, uh, a minimum age of 16 and compulsory helmets for those aged between 16 and 18, do, does that make you feel any better about it? No, no. no. Absolutely. Apparently, if you didn't get a bad, uh, sure, I mean, you, you don't necessarily have to get a bad uh, head injury to be cropped for the rest of your life. Like, I mean, yeah. if you get hit, I mean, you, you can have a bad spinal injury, for instance. Yeah, yeah. And that'll, that'll uh, crack you up for the rest of your days, like, you know? Yeah, and the trauma specialists, the uh, consultants coming out to say that these things, that's what's happening with these things at the moment. Yeah, and do you know what? Uh, there's, there's a lot more money than sense out there as well, like, you know? Mm. Do you I mean, mean, sure you mean from par- parents uh, financing these things? Yeah, is that it? I mean, I'm sure there must be two or three kids going to secondary school at some time these days. And they're getting financed up to about five or six hundred euros a piece. Yeah, well, a bicycle would cost you that, though, Mick, you know. Well, it's true, but, uh, you know, at, at least with a bicycle, you have some kind of a... Uh, well, I mean, you can have a bill on it for a start of yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, it doesn't have the kind of acceleration these things have. And, no, and, 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 and there's a guy, tell me, he's 15 or 16 stone weight, big lead. Yeah. And, and uh, if he hits me or somebody, he's going to... Yeah. What, what do you make of the green argument that, you know, no, these, sure. these yeah, things no. will Don't replace... Don't about the green argument. But they'll replace motorbikes for some people in urban areas, possibly, and replace cars, maybe, as well. The greens are all full of theory, the whole letter. When it comes down to the practicalities of of uh, of, of, of greed, we call it uh, workings of life. I'm afraid they're, they're slightly mixed up, you know. Of course, they, they will say like, "Oh, we agree with you. We want everybody to go on an e-bike." Mm. Be chaos out there, you know. Chaos. Chaos. That's the only word for it. Yeah, well, they they might argue with you. Okay, but if we take enough cars off the road, it will be easier to use these things, and maybe. You know, the way Eamon Wright has gone out, you think, you think Ireland was the biggest polluter in the world, like. You know what I mean? You, you, have, you try to open up, to open up uh, coal-fired power stations by the dozen every day of the week. Yeah, even though I, I, I'm told they've made great inroads, though, in recent times. Aren't they the top in the world now for wind energy and solar energy and all of that? Yeah, but when it comes down to wind energy, the, the greens are certainly full of wind. <laughs> 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 yeah.
You never <laughs> lost it, Mick. <laughs> Mind yourself with those e-scooters, Mick. Thank you. Thank you for coming over. I'll give you plenty of space anyway, Mick, for sure. At least five feet. Good luck, Mick. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mind yourself. That's uh, Mick talked to us about uh, e-scooters. Bernadette is with me. Good morning, Bernadette. Uh, good morning. How are you doing? I'm very well indeed. You see uh, teenagers around uh, Dublin as well flying around the place with these things? Absolutely. And they're not even teenagers. They could be as young as like 10 or 11. Wow. And there could be two of them on it, like they were saying earlier, but these are two kids. I don't think they understand the power of what they have in their hands. And they're on the road and they're up in footpath and they're off the road and the speed of them. It's kind of frightening. I'm surprised the statistics seem a bit low to me in terms of the injuries and the fatalities. I'd say there's a lot more than that. Yeah, it, it's unusual for the trauma specialists to come out as upfront as they have done where these scooters are concerned, you know? They're... Yeah, no, it's scary stuff. Yeah. Um, and what about the notion that for Christmas, there's going to be yeah. lots of them in, in Santa's stocking? Yeah. Absolutely, there's going to be a ton of them. I live in Dublin city centre, uh, near Guinness Storehouse. Yes, if you know around I know, there, I know so it well. Quite yes, densely populated, very busy apartments, yeah. houses. There's a lot of them around. There's going to be a lot more of them around for sure. And the streets around there are quite small, like their old streets of Dublin. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's. Um, I'm glad I'm not going to be here for Christmas Day. <laughs> so I can say. Yeah, and are they on the footpaths as well? Everything on the footpaths. Open, they're breaking the lights. And this is the other thing. Like the electric bikes, I know that's another issue, but the electric bikes and the scooters seem to think they can break the lights. And they don't follow the rules at all. The delivery guys are probably the worst offenders. And like my husband, he's on a bike and he got whacked by one of them the other day. Go on. And yeah, now luckily, you know, it was whatever part of his body that it didn't cause an injury. But I'm sure they're causing injuries. Um, to other people, not just themselves. You know, so it's one thing them getting injured, but then it's the damage they're doing to somebody else. Like a pedestrian crossing, I walk across with my dog, across a busy road, we always wait for the green man. But these guys don't seem to wait for the, the green light, you know. Yeah, they seem to be zipping to be here and on there. on high alert, you know. You really have to be on high alert. Yeah, and um, do you think when the legislation comes in and when more and more of these yeah. companies set up uh, to uh, hire out these things, will that make things worse, do you think? Well, I don't know. Legislation is always a good thing. Um, implementation of legislation is well, kind of another that's thing. It, isn't it, yeah. Um, but it's certainly better than nothing because, as another caller said, you know, you just get a scooter and off you go. At least on a bike, you have to learn how to cycle it. You do it in, you know, a quiet place with your parents or whatever. Mm. Whereas these scooters, it's like, open the box, assemble it, and off you go. And that's the scary part. But yeah, yeah you, I think the legislation is a good thing. Have you ever tried one, Bernadette? No, I haven't. <laughs> I, think I, I think I'd be a bit like you. I, I think I'd be a disaster. I, I had a very, I had a, a, an embarrassing situation. Let me just leave it at that. An embarrassing situation. Right, because right, because right. they literally... I, I have a picture in my mind now, you know that. <laughs> but they take off. Do you know? I mean, it's, I not, a, it's not a gradual, sorry. They just take off and listen uh, i couldn't even use i never had even the manual scooter so i think i might as well stay away <laughs> from the electric what about particularly when you you know you're, you're living in the city uh the green mm-hmm. aspect to this that they, it might replace cars it might replace motorcycles yes. it might cut down on traffic is, is there an argument there 
Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think if people were um, driving them responsibly, that would be great. You could even have wider... The bike lanes aren't really wide enough for the bikes and the scooters. Um, so they need to be wider. Like in Netherlands, if you had much wider cycle yes. lanes that could accommodate both the scooter and bike, because we go at different speeds. I certainly do, anyway, <laughs> on my bike. Mm. Um, so I think there is a lot to be said for it. But, like, I was cycling in this morning, and I was quite glad I didn't meet anyone, any scooter. I met loads of cars, but they were stuck in traffic, so I felt quite safe because they weren't moving, <laughs> which right. at least I was moving. But you don't you know? feel safe on your bike with the scooter no. heads? No. Mm. No, because you don't know where they're going to come out from or where they're going to jut in from, you know, they give you a fright, then you're going to fall off your bike, you know. And why do they think that they, the rules of the road don't apply to them? I have no idea. It does feel like they're a law unto their own, that they are a superior being or something, <laughs> certainly compared to the push bikes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's like they have the speed, so they have the power to take over the roads. Yeah, it's, a, okay. it's yeah. I mean, we're coming across them here, just shooting out of you know, especially when it's yeah. dark. It's it's it, at least there Absolutely. may be lights in the city, but I mean, it's it's very hard to yes. see them around here. And they're not wearing high vis. No, and no. they're not wearing helmets. And you kind of go, well, what makes you different to me on my bike with my high vis, even though it's broad daylight? Yeah, it's is not there, even the night time. Is there a sort of a kind of a I'm cool sort of a thing on these? Is that is that what it is? Perhaps. I mean, certainly around me with the teenagers and the kids there is for sure mm. all right and there's there's kind of you can see them and they're kind of cocked up like peacocks you know yeah what about in general um on your bike around the city is it, is it safe um there's certain hot spots and you tend to avoid those if you can so like a street isn't great the junctions of a street and a column bridge the junction near Houston station there's been a lot of fatalities um so I tend to go the back route, the side street or straight line. Straight right. lines are always good. <laughs> and do you know what I often, I, again, I don't have a bike either, but I, I, I was often wondering, you know, the, the tram lines and the Lewis lines and stuff, yeah. is that an impediment to riding yeah. your bike? I'm petrified of them because I, I got taken off my bike one day because it was very wet. And, of course, they're very slippy when they're wet. And my tyre got stuck in the... Uh, the, uh, what would you call it, the track. The track, yeah. Um, and I came off it. I got an awful fright, damaged the bike. And, yeah, so I'm petrified every time I go over the, the tracks now. And just finally, if you would, Bernadette, in terms of sure. them being bought for Christmas as presents for, for teens and for children, you would say yeah. no, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wait till they're 18. Yeah. You know, get them a bike. Get them a push bike. You know, that's what we all got in the past and we were happy. Bernadette, look after yourself on that bike and thanks for talking to me Cheers. today. Thank you. Bye You're bye. Welcome. Have bye a bye. Great day. You bye. too. Bye bye now. 1800 938 007. News and information's on the way. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Do I go up? Tip today 
with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, puck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Pat, uh, welcome back to Tip Today. John Job was on to say, I have dash cam coverage of a fellow on one of these e-scooters flying down the street in Ross Grey, one hand on the handlebar, the other hand holding a mobile phone. Do they get penalty points for using a mobile phone while in control of a motorised vehicle? I doubt it somehow. Uh, deadly dangerous, says uh, John Joe. How do you feel about that? 083-311-3311. We'll be playing uh, match three just after 11 o'clock as well. So if you want to uh, take part in that, you might like to register with us now if you just put match three on your text or WhatsApp and give us your name and your details and we'll call somebody back at about five past 11 or so. Now, gambling companies which fail to protect children from accessing their services will face punitive sanctions, including imprisonment of up to eight years. And that's under the Gambling Regulation Bill, which will come before the Cabinet for approval. Now, the proposed bill, is the most far-reaching and comprehensive legislation to regulate gambling in the history of the state and it will fundamentally change the rules of gambling in Ireland, both uh, physical gambling and indeed the whole business of online gambling as well. Joining me now is Addiction Councillor Michael Guerin. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning, friend, and good to talk to you. And good to talk to you again, Michael. Thank you for for making time for us today. How effective do you think this new legislation will be? I don't think it will be enacted fully until next year, as far as I know, Michael, but will it be effective, do you think? Well, I suppose the first thing to say, friend, is that this is a long time in the making, and and the, the, the first mentions of a gambling regulation bill that we had were back in 2013 when Alan Shatter was Minister for Justice. Mm. So it's a wonderful step forward that the the, uh, legislation has now been published by the current government, and I suppose kudos to Helen McEntee and James Brown in Mm. that regard. And and looking at the legislation, one would say that it is is designed to minimise gambling-related harm, and I suppose in that respect it will be somewhat effective. Um, I think when you drill down into the detail of it and you see things like um, banning of advertising in the evenings, prohibition of children being in places where gambling is being conducted, the outlawing of things like VIP treatment and free credit and special offers and so on, and the banning credit card betting, and the severe penalties that will follow transgressions of that nature when the law is fully enacted and the regulator's office is up and running, All these are good things. It certainly will not do away with problematic gambling as a blight on Irish society like it is at the moment, but they are are certainly worthy safeguards in the legislation that will prevent certain individuals becoming problematic gamblers or minimise that number of people at least. Which is a good thing. The only thing that troubles me is that, you know, we have no control over what's coming into us by satellite and we have little control of what's coming in on our phones. No. And you see, it's a point, I suppose, a friend that I've been making for some time, is that the least scrupulous operators in the field of gambling are overseas. So while Irish companies have been far more responsible in terms of their response to problematic gamblers, 
there are no such scruples with these individuals who supply things like casino-based games online from overseas, and that will be the big challenge with this legislation as to see how effective it will be in that regard. Personally speaking, I don't think it will be, and I don't think the imposition of penalties in overseas companies um, by the regulator or the office of the regulator in fullness of time will necessarily be doable. I have no expertise in this regard, but that's what I envisage one of the problems will be. I, I would think so as well. You you rate the, in, including the uh, use of credit cards, banning that as well. You think that's a good thing? I think that's enacted in the UK anyway, isn't it? That's been in the UK for some time and yeah. I think it's a good thing. And the other thing that I think is a good thing is that we will have a national gambling exclusion register. So there will be an opportunity yes. for individuals. Will you explain that to listeners? Is that self-regulating, though? You you put yourself on that, do you? Yes, you put yourself on that. If somebody <clears throat> has reason to believe that they might have a gambling problem, they can elect to self-exclude on the National Register. Now, the practicalities of that have yet, yet to be seen, but there is some merit in it insofar as if one self-excludes, it will minimise the opportunities for relapse. In, during the course of a recovery. So while it's not a cure-all in any sense, it is still a very common-sense move that if somebody recognises that they have a gambling problem, they can self-exclude and that will therefore minimise their opportunity um, to to fall back into bad habits in the future. Yeah, the enforcement of this... Um what what about that uh, the the idea of that gambling regulatory authority of Ireland do you, do you think that's that's the right way to go about this I I think it was necessary because heretofore gambling was totally unregulated in Ireland and what was coming into Ireland from abroad and like really and truly now this is a worldwide issue because you can access gambling sites from all over the world from your mobile phone so I think it is a good thing that we um brought about this legislation in the first case. The far-reaching implications of it have yet to be seen, but something needed to be done. Um, And the other point about it is, of course, is in time, the establishment of a social impact fund to fund the treatment of people with gambling addiction problems and a fund to go towards the minimisation of gambling harm because there is no statutory mechanism under which gambling services can be funded at the moment. So that's going to be a very important departure when it happens. At the moment, um, charities like the Gambling Awareness Trust Mm. uh, fund organisations to provide gambling, harm reduction services and treatment services, and they do wonderful work, but nothing actually comes through government departments. So the social impact fund in the fullness of time will change that, we hope. Right, and that levy that will be imposed on the 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 the, the gambling organisations as well. Yes, um, and the, the the theory behind the social impact fund and what will happen in the fullness of time is that the industry will pay a levy, and that money will go towards paying for the care and treatment um, of people with a problematic gambling disorder, and also go towards education and prevention. Um, harm reduction and the promotion of responsible gambling within the general public. Interesting. What did surprise me, though, was that uh, the junior minister in question that you, you you mentioned, John Brown, and in fairness, he he has seems to have spent all his time at this uh, over the last while, but he did not consult with the industry 
uh, before coming up with with, with this. Um, do you do you see that as an issue that he didn't get people on board in some way? Well, I suppose it would be very hard for the minister, in fairness, to to um, impose regulation. I have no idea why he didn't consult the industry in terms of the, the the shaping of the legislation. But I think the general shape and form of the legislation would have been there from the Alan Chatter era, and I suppose it was updated um, to reflect changes that would have taken place in the gambling marketplace. And indeed, the significant changes that have taken place in the demographics of problem gamblers over the last 10 years, because um, we have seen dramatic escalations of problems amongst young women, and we have seen huge escalation in problems with young men with online gambling over the past decade. So I suppose the legislation that was originally there in Minister Shatter's time had to be modernised to reflect these new realities. Have you any concern, Michael, that the National Lotto and scratch cars and the like, they seem to be outside of this in some way? That surprised me, and I, I um, yes, and the, 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 based on the statement from the Department of Justice, the National Lottery are ex- excluded from this because they say that there is legislation governing the operation of a National Lottery in place already, which may very well be the case. But I would think that if, if there are safeguards in place for people with problematic gambling issues, um, they certainly should apply across the board. And maybe the National Lottery legislation does include or will include these safeguards going forward, but I would say categorically it should be a one-size-fits-all situation. And in your and, your experience, Michael, as an addiction counsellor with considerable amount of experience, the lotto and scratch cards and the like, do they play a part in problem gambling? Yeah, we have seen people who've been addicted to buying scratch cards um, and we have seen them as it being the main manifestation of their problematic gambling habit. Um, You can play online games on the National Lottery website, um, instant games, in the same way that you can on these other sites that are causing problems also. So I don't necessarily differentiate between the National Lottery and other gambling providers in terms of the difficulties that they could cause for an individual with a problematic gambling um, disorder. However, I do make the distinction myself between the Irish operators and the overseas operators because there is some sort of um, social responsibility with Irish providers where there isn't at all. Some of these overseas operators are absolutely scandalous in the manner that they... they, um, they interact with people who they have identified through their algorithms and their technology as being of problematic um, habits or problematic proportions. And they will actually pursue these people and and um, try to draw them in more and give them credit and so on. So it's very cynical, Michael. They, absolutely. Yeah. And, and they have invested a lot of money in being able to look at the information that the user puts into their system and be able to draw certain conclusions from patterns and so on and so forth. And in fairness to the Irish providers, I don't think they were necessarily ever interested um, in pursuing individuals who were gambling problematically. I think it was simply a case of like alcohol or like tobacco. If you're selling something that's potentially addictive, you will inevitably and always um, have individuals 
um, yes. who will fall foul of that. But do, do you know, as a sort of a starting gate, do you have concerns about the lottery? Because, I mean, their advertising is very glossy, it's very colourful, it could be attractive to young people, and it might start them on the road to problem gambling. Potentially, yes. But I, I, I think there are far greater threats in terms of unscrupulous overseas yeah. operators okay. who yeah. who get into who who tend to move in circles where young people um, operate, like social media and so on and so forth. And they have very targeted, calculated moves through which they try and draw young people in. So I think what you've said about the national lottery is quite true. And I think absolutely the national lottery should be subject to the same safeguards that the wider betting industry is. But I would say in terms of potential harm, it wouldn't be up there with some of the stories that problematic gamblers have told us about the interactions that they have had with overseas operators. The other thing is the protections uh, that ban on gambling advertising between 5.30am and 9pm each day. But, I mean, that doesn't cover newspapers or magazines, for example. Or... No, it doesn't. And I suppose, um, friend, where we need to, you know, we need to take what was published yesterday in context, I suppose. It's a first step in terms of the minimisation of gambling-related harm. And it would be very hard to see it as being an all-encompassing um, document yes. that would account for every eventuality. And, like, People like me would welcome the publication of yesterday's legislation on the basis of that. In other words, it's not going to cover all bases, but at least it is something now and heretofore we had nothing. So in that respect, it is a good thing. And it is raising awareness about these huge issues around problematic gambling, particularly amongst young people online. And, and tell, I, tell us, Michael, how big is that problem? How, how big it, is this issue? We in the field have identified, um, and one organisation in particular has identified a definite link as far as they are concerned with their clients between um, polysubstance drug misuse and online gambling addiction over the past number of years that heretofore wasn't evident. So in other words, there is good evidence to suggest that the population of women who are gambling problematically is exponentially on the rise and that there is a very definite uptick or upswing in the number of young people who might be taking drugs recreationally or addicted to them and also gambling online. And incidentally, any of these individuals that present to services with comorbid disorders like alcohol dependence and gambling or drug dependence and gambling will always tell you that the gambling was the most difficult one to cope with because it is secret and it is sort of ticious, and it's something that they felt they could get away with, where they couldn't get away with it in terms of substance intoxication, if you understand that. Yes, because it doesn't affect their appearance, it probably doesn't affect their actions in the same way. It doesn't, and the scary part about it is, friend, there are no upper limits with gambling. If somebody has an alcohol problem, there is only so much alcohol their body can take, or if somebody has a drug problem, there's only so many drugs they can take without an adverse event taking place. But there is no such limit where gambling is concerned. And I suppose that's the most worrying, scariest, most sinister part about a gambling addiction is that people can do an incredible amount of harm in a very short period of time. And do I take it from what you're saying to me, it is the toughest, is, is that what you said, the toughest addiction to kick? 
Well, I suppose the service users would report when they come in with comorbid problems that overcoming the gambling, in their opinion, and for them, is a bigger ask and a more difficult undertaking than dealing with the substance misuse disorder. That's what I'm saying. And incidentally, in cases of relapse that I would have seen down through the years amongst these comorbid people, they would almost inevitably, if they were to relapse, it's the gambling they would go back to in the first instance. And so is, is part of that, Michael, that it's in their face all the time? I mean, the moment they pick back up their, their smartphone, for example, it's in their face. Is that is that part of yeah, it? It certainly would be part of it. And, and, and <clears throat> counsellors who are dealing with people in these situations now have a big piece of work to do in terms of preparing the person for early recovery where they will be exposed to all these stimuli that you're talking about. For example, if somebody watches a match, you know, there could be anything up to 100 opportunities within that match to strike a bet if one wanted and one was looking at a betting app at the time. In other words, you could bet on the first free, the first corner, the first yellow card, the first goal and so on. So the permutations like are just unbelievable on one sporting event. Um, and there has been a shift, and this is probably down to COVID, when COVID-19 lockdowns came in in 2020 and there were no sporting events at all for a period of time, it seemed to be the case that people continued to gamble even though there were no sporting events. So people transitioned over very um, quickly to casino-like games online. And that, to me, is nearly worse um, because if somebody is betting on a sport event they may have an interest in the sport, but if they're betting in casino-like games online, they're simply doing it for the sake of gambling, and that's really worrying stuff. There, there's a huge push as well on this online bingo type thing. Um, now, I presume that differs greatly from, you know, what we'd be used to hear, the traditional people going out for a night, a couple of hours playing bingo. But this online stuff, does that concern you? Well, I suppose the, the, the changes that have taken place and the ease with which the entire gambling industry um, were able to modify their activities when COVID-19 came in was a worry to me. And like a lot of that didn't revert when COVID-19 became a disease with which we were going to live with and carry on with our daily activities. So I have no doubt that there are people out there who are engaging in destructive and harmful gambling at the moment as a result of the greater introduction of these um, non-sporting linked online gaming products that one can access. And not only one can access, I mean, the the online advertising is everywhere as well. So it's not that you necessarily have to go looking for them. They're in your face to a great extent. Michael, it's always good to talk to you and thanks so much for coming on with me this morning. Thank you. Good morning to you, Michael. That's uh, Michael Gear in there. Michael is an addiction counsellor talking about that new legislation that will come uh, before the Oireachtas. Now, it probably won't be enacted till sometime in uh, uh, 2023. It probably won't commence until then, um, yeah, including the... Um, Operation of that that authority that we were making reference to as well. Um, how about that? How do you feel about gambling? How do you feel about online gambling? And do you think the legislation is good enough? Oh wait, three three double one double three double one. 
Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery's Garage. Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. It's very interesting. A listener sent me the rules of e-scooter use in Spain. and they're Very comprehensive indeed. You have to wear a helmet at all times. You can't wear headphones while uh, using the scooter. You must drive carefully, avoiding endangering other users. Uh, you can't drive on the footpaths. You must respect the signs and the pedestrian crossings. You're not allowed to park only in the authorised places. And um, this is interesting. The person, re- the person responsible for any incident is the driver or, wait for this, their parents if they are a minor. That's very, that's very interesting, isn't it? Uh, they're not allowed on the inter-urban roads or the highways or the highway crossings and that sort of thing as well. So it's kind of interesting. Maybe we need to adopt uh, those rules and regulations here. In our dear Phil slot yesterday, we received a letter from a lady who was called a pervert in her gym by a mother who was there with her young son. And uh, the lady in question, she dropped her towel while she was getting changed. She had to drop her towel because she was, you know, whatever she was doing. Um, But anyway, this mother took exception to it and there was a bit of argy-bargy. And as I say, uh, the woman who dropped the towel was called a pervert. We posted it on social media and we were inundated with replies and with advice and with commentary on this. And Jessica joins me now. Good morning to you, Jessica. Hi, Fran. How are you? I'm very well Good. indeed. What did you make of the letter and the argy-bargy between the two women? I can understand both sides, Fran. I can, now, I really sympathise with the woman who was getting dressed. Mm. I would never, if I was in there with my children and the woman was naked, approach a woman. Mm. I'd feel a little uncomfortable, but I would never. It's her right. It's She's allowed, she's in there, it's her changing room, she's in doing her thing, you know, good mm. to her. I felt so sorry for her. I do understand on the flip side of things that, say, my husband, for example, brings my daughters into the men's room mm. and the men are naked. And my daughters now are eight, six and five. Right. While my six and five-year-olds think this is hilarious, my eight-year-old, who is not allowed to be in the ladies' changing room on her own, she has to be accompanied by an adult, has to stay with her father, and now she feels slightly uncomfortable. Sure However, my husband would still never go to the man and say, don't shower, put on a towel. Do you know, put on yeah, a towel. Yeah. So I just think the easy solution will be for people to have family changing rooms or family cubicles or some private area that you could take your child to to protect the adult as well as the child because yeah. that poor woman... You know, as yeah. well as the child. That would fix everything, the idea of a family uh, dressing I room. Think so. Yeah, but I, 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 I suppose so. some gyms wouldn't be geared for that or some. Well, I think if you have a centers. child there, and I think there's definitely a pool, I don't think you're going to have your child in the gym. Mm-hmm. So if there's a pool there, most swimming pools can offer swimming lessons. The majority of revenue for a gym with a pool, I think, comes from swimming lessons slash the gym. So if you're offering similar lessons to children 
and you're running swimming camps for children mm. and you have an adult gym attached to that pool, there's going to be a crossover of children constantly around adults. Right, so you're going to and have that can, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And bigger again, if you go to a hotel that has a leisure centre and a hotel is aiming their marketing at families, come for our family weekend, we have kids club, we have this and we have that. And in those facilities, there isn't appropriate family facilities in the gym slash pool, I think things can just get tricky. They can just get tricky. Why? Does it say something about me, Jessica, that I would be far more uncomfortable with the notion of a young girl in a men's dressing room as opposed to a young yeah, boy in a woman's exactly. Does, that, does that say something said. about me? Uh, I'm not no, sure. because we were in a pool last week and my own husband said there was other girls in there with their father and he felt awkward yes. because the yeah. other little girls were having a shower yes. and they were naked, the little girls were naked. My, my husband left. My yeah. husband didn't even dry our children. He actually he put their clothes on and yeah. ran out. I, I, I so can understand. I can understand it, yeah. Um, so... I do think that, like, I, I know budget and money and a cost and, yes, you know, back in the day, it was a men and a women's changing room and, and that's perfect. But I think the world is just changing a little and people, just to make everyone feel comfortable and to protect people. Like you said, Fan, if that was a man, say my daughter started crying to her father because she's awkward and she, she got nervous and yes. she saw a man naked. Yeah. Imagine if my father had, uh, if her father had the type of personality that that other woman had and went up to that man and called him a pervert. But sure, there could be a fisticuff or something, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Or went out and told the whole town here that, that this man who, he found out his name and he's a pervert and went back to this man's... Imp- I, think, I think if the shoe was under the foot and it was a man, I think the situation could have been totally oh, different. Oh, that's very, that's very interesting, Jessica. So a guy's reputation could be completely... Exactly. I think, I think... I think it can get very dangerous. I think in protection for men and women, I know the woman's feelings were hurt. Mm. I don't think it transfers to women as it does to men. I don't think it has the same effect on women as embarrassed and all as she was. I think for men, it could be dangerous. It could be very dangerous. I think it could be dangerous. If, if If the husband went home to the wife and said, oh, there was two men. You know, a reputation of a business could—you know—you could you could literate liter- people nowadays. So, yeah, I just think it's an easy solution. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's it's an interesting one. I, I you know, I, I was overwhelmed at the amount of interest in this letter and the amount of opinion on it. Um, you know, and yeah. I, I, I'm not sure why it grabbed people's attention. So, but obviously, it's something that's that's happening quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's awkward now. My, as I said, my younger children think it's hilarious. Yes. And yeah. when I'm with my girls in the women's room, obviously we're all women. And I, as women, they're taught to love their own bodies and whatever. So mm. I wouldn't mind another naked woman. Yes, yeah. However, when they're in the men's room, I do find, I find issue with that myself. So, yeah, yeah of course. I don't know. And, you know, the other point I was going to make to you, and we made it yesterday on the programme as well, as Irish, are we sort of, we're not all that comfortable with prancing around in the nude anyway, are we? We're, no, we're not. And, and we're, we're not, not comfortable with other people doing it either. Um, no. And fair play to those who are friends. Like, oh, absolutely. Those who can absolutely. and who want to. Fair play to them. But I think... Now, I doubt that that, that that woman's little child said to her, I have a problem with the woman there that dropped her towel, Mammy. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe <laughs> so she saw him staring or something. Or, I know. Yeah, yeah. To, to, to even say something to the poor woman. But look... Yeah. I think all businesses need to maybe wake up a little and 
That's so the reflection fa- of family, family dressing rooms are at least family cubicles as far as you're family concerned. Cu- oh yeah, throw two cubicles in there or something. Like, you could go into a toilet yes. if you're really fruity. There is toilets inside in all the changing rooms everywhere you go. So if you really wanted to protect your child, you could go into the old cubicle and dress your child and Dress yourself, whereas I have multiple children. We don't fit in in, in, in a, a cubicle, cubicle as, as yeah. such. Will so, you stay with me for just a moment there, Jessica? Because Amy, yeah, Amy is with us as well. Amy, good morning good to you. Morning. Good morning. And uh, good to talk to you today. Amy, you, you're wondering what did this lady expect because she was in a changing room with her, her young boy. Is that is that it? Yeah. Like, it's pretty much like the answer is in the name. It's a changing room. Like, what does she expect? Mm. Like, Jessica has covered pretty much everything I was thinking as well. Mm. So, like, I've been in that situation where I've had a young child with me. A lot of places have um, accessible dressing rooms where they will allow you Mm. to change in there. So I don't see what this lady's problem is. Like, children are very impressionable and she's clearly not, like, taught this child, you know, this is what's going to happen. Look away. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. Mm. As well, Fran, do you know if you have children? Yes, just. You know yourself, your child will open the door while you're in the shower. They'll open yeah, the door while you're in the toilet. You have no privacy with your own children. Yeah. So it's not like they haven't seen it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, so therefore you'd wonder why why such exception was, was, was taken to it, uh, Amy. What, what about mm. that, that they should be used to seeing, you know. No, it's not that they should be used to seeing it, but they should know the decorum of being around that situation and how to handle that situation. Like, children are very impressionable, and she has not set a good example. Like, that child could go along to another child or another adult and belittle them over something silly. So it's she didn't just, set a good example for the child no, by making such a big deal, is that it? Exactly. Yeah. Like, getting dressed, getting changed, getting washed is all part of daily life. Let's flip it, though, Amy, and we did this with Jessica uh, a moment ago and she spoke about her husband, uh, you know, having kids in a male dressing room. Let's let's flip it. Would it be a very different situation as far as you're concerned if there was a young, uh, a young female child in in a male dressing room. Well, is that a whole different ballgame, if you'll forgive the dreadful part? Um, what do you think of that, Amy? You see, I can't really comment on that. I don't have children myself. Mm. So I've I've not... I've been with other parents and that in... But I genuinely... I can't answer that. Yes. But I'm just wondering your own feelings on that. Does it seem... I'm more uncomfortable with that, I have to say. And... You know, I, I probably shouldn't be, but I am. Um, yeah, you're not sure about it. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Yeah, and the other thing, Amy, are we prudish as Irish people? Do you think? Oh, very much so. Yeah. Oh, you didn't even have to think about that. There, there is no. Everything is brushed under a carpet. There's nothing talked about. Yeah. It's very much out of sight, out of mind. But children especially, they're not going to learn unless you actually sit down and talk to them about things. Like, a human body is is natural, it's normal, it's 
it's not going to change. Right. So you it's think going to be there for the future? Like children need to be aware. And is the danger that we pass on our own sort of idiosyncrasies and our own difficulties onto the kids? Then, if we're not careful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What about that, Jessica? That we pass along our own difficulties, whether it's that we're a little bit ashamed of our own bodies and stuff. Oh, definitely. If yeah. you've been through something yourself, you you tend to pass. Like if you're afraid of spiders, your child is not afraid of spiders. If you don't drink milk and there's never milk in the house, you know your child. Yeah. Your child might not like might not like milk. It's, it's kind of a natural right, thing. So you, not you, intentional, you, I don't think. But, you do pass mm. on, indeed. Oh God, they're trying to store it here now. They want me to ask you both. Let me do this. You needn't answer me if you don't want to. Uh, <laughs> but they're wondering. Uh, can I start with you, Jessica? They're wondering how yeah. you would feel about a trans woman uh, changing in uh, a dressing room with you. So I was talking to this with my sister yesterday because they were talking to me. My sister would be very, she's, she's very into all this. And so I don't think it, w- I don't think it would bother me. Mm. What we, what, in the way we were talking about it was for the trans person themselves, for them to feel safe. Mm. So for them to feel safe, where do they go? Which dress, like which dressing room? Well, I was talking to a person. They said they would feel better in either a male or a female, depending on the place, and they go in. Mm. Um, I don't think it would bother me. Right, and 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 just for clarity, then we're talking about uh, a male um, uh, trans to a woman in in a dressing room with, with you. You would have no problem with that. Well, I leave my women going. I leave my girls going to the men's. Right, as so, it is fine, so, so yeah, yeah, that, that, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and I the listener was no, just saying, Amy, can I ask you about that? If you were in a dressing room again with a, a trans uh, woman in there, um, what about that trans? Honestly, it wouldn't bother me. Not at all. No, if they're comfortable, I'm comfortable. I don't really. Right. It doesn't bother me. All right. Very interesting to talk to you both, Jessica, Amy. Thank you so much for coming on thanks. with me today. Thank thanks, you and friend. good, good you. morning to you both. That's making reference to that uh, dear Phil letter that we got yesterday from the fifty-year-old lady uh, in the gym. She dropped her towel, uh, and a mother there with her young son took exception to it because her young son saw what was going on, and there's a bit of argy bargy in the course of that. The mother was called a pervert. So how do you feel about that? Oh eight three three double one double three double one. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on 1-800-938-007. TIP FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter or email tiptoday at tipfm.com. B is in Cashel and she says the flip side of this argument is that I was recently in a swimming pool in Luxembourg and I was told unless I was naked I wouldn't be allowed into the saunas. So different horses for different courses, it says. Bran, I hope you're well. I teach my eight-year-old daughter not to judge other other people and I think what this woman did was terrible. As an Irish society we are prudes but not in my home I don't want my daughter to grow up worried about her body and not able to talk to me says Tracy on 083 311 Vilma is with me. Good morning to you Vilma. Hello good morning Fran. how are you? I'm very well indeed good to talk to you today. You wouldn't feel all that comfortable about your children in dressing rooms seeing other people's wobbly bits I gather. 
not really. Um, let's start with thinking, first of all, why they are called your private bits. Because they're private. Okay. That's what I think. Also, uh, the interview that we're having here and the discussion is among adults. I guess, and I think it should be uh, a, a very good op uh, option to ask the children what they think about it, how comfortable they will feel walking around in a place and seeing 50, 60-year-old people's feet. I think the children are the ones who should have better insight on this kind of thing. I'm pretty sure my mm. children will be willing to feel happy enough. I don't know. That's my insight. Also, I I think that there should be buildings where uh, people need to be happy walking around, fun building buildings where children should be just happy moving, looking around. I don't think they would yeah. be comfortable. Yeah, because there's a natural. There's adults. there's going to be a natural curiosity with children if they are in a. As you say, where, where there's older people naked, maybe um, there's a natural curiosity there, I would imagine, Vilma. Yes, I say so as well, but let them be that their choice. You know, they're natural. Let's ask a 12-year-old what his curiosity will be, being mm. another 12-year-old or maybe an 18-year-old. What do you think, though, about young girls in a male dressing room? Uh, in my opinion, that should not be the practice. I'm a very conservative, conservative parent, as you can see. Yeah, but you're entitled to be. You're entitled to be. I am entitled to be, yeah. I, I, I want to say this, like, as a mother, I wouldn't be feeling comfortable seeing very young people, you know, mm. being walking around among others. You know, just all of us, we had curiosity when we were children, but we did it as an option to see, uh, to satisfy that curiosity, isn't it? I think for us to be feeling proud of our bodies, it's okay. There's only other, other ways to feel proud of our, our bodies, you know? Right. Not exposing them for others to And see, you were also making the point, I think, that there are cubicles. I mean, that there's not quite a need, you think, for kids to be exposed to nakedness with other people. Definitely, there is cubicles, and then there is not so difficult to go inside one and and, and get and get dressed, isn't it? Mm. I just think like the, the the same point though. Like we are proud of our body. Yeah, that's why you have a swimming suit. You can show your body that way. You don't have to show like everything. Mm. Maybe this woman was okay, innocent enough to say, "Well, listen, I didn't do it with intention to." show it around, but it's contradictory as well when you say, shouldn't we be feeling proud of our bit? Yes, you can. That's when you have a swimming suit. You're proud of what in it. Right. You don't need to be naked to show exactly. off your body, is that it? Exactly. I yeah. don't think I don't think children will be happy. Like if they are the main reason why we're having this argument, ask them. People have to ask them, how do you feel to be uh, walking inside the dressing room and seeing somebody with 50, 60 year old still showing things. It will have in flashbacks for the rest of their lives, I think. Yeah, and what do you think about what Jessica told us about her her girls um, when they go with her dad? Obviously, they're, they're young girls, so they have to be in the, the dressing room with him, and they, they just laugh it off. Well, I guess it depends how do you educate your own kids, I think. Everybody goes in their own way how they want things to be seen around. As a mother, if I see other adults, strange people, getting dressed, 
getting naked in front of my kids, mm. I have the right to step up and say, listen, excuse me, I don't want my child to be to be exposed. It's my child. He's the one who has to be uh, having that image in his mind later. You understand me? I, I, I do, but the only thing mind. is, I mean, if I'm minding my own business and I'm a member of a, a swimming pool or a leisure centre or whatever, I'm I'm in there. I want to change. I want to sort of shower and get ready and go away somewhere. And should I have the added difficulty of wondering how I'm behaving around young kids, you know? Definitely. Especially these days. You need to protect yourself as well, you know? Yeah. And that, maybe you... Maybe people will be accused of something that they don't intentionally do it. But I think it's part of these days. We need to be part of guarding ourselves as well. Our reputation, our name, how we act in front of other people is quite important, especially these days. You know, they might be probably people will be accused of something that they don't want to do. Right. It's 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 interesting. It's interesting as well to me, Vilma, that you describe yourself as conservative in this way. Is I, is that because of your upbringing or? Uh, yeah. Also, um, I've been living in different environments. I have been working with drug addicts and alcoholics for twenty years of my life, and I see how different upbringings have different uh, impacts in society, in children, in adults. So I would probably say the most conservative way of bringing people, the most, not decent way, because it isn't safe, that's in decent other way. Mm, yeah. But it's part of how we grow up. It defines who we are as an adult. So what I say, in my opinion, is probably the best way of bringing children. Uh, it's interesting. I, I would be in where this is concerned, I would be conservative too in that, uh, you know, I, I'm not all that comfortable in dressing rooms and stuff anyway. I'm not sure what that says about me, but um, I think it's, I, I thought it was a particularly Irish thing that we're prudish because I've been other places where there's no problem with this whatsoever. It wouldn't even be a discussion. Yeah, I'll say so. There's other countries which are more freeing, whatever you do. We've been, I've been in places like in Bali, for example, mm. it is just old girls without their topless, yes. paying Portugal, all these places, you know. But at the same time, I've been traveling with my kids and um, my two boys when they were younger. We were going to places like that. I was uncomfortable. Right. So we just decided, well, listen, let's go find another corner, though, because obviously that was their curiosity. You couldn't stop them watching. Of course, yeah. So just just don't make a big deal of it, but move on. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, Vilma, always good to talk to you, and thank you so much for coming on with me today. Thank you, and look after yourself. How about you now? That's uh, Vilma and her opinion. Um, 1800-938-007. News is on the way. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. 
Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, puck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Thanks, Pat. Uh, Ger was on to say that she's just uh, driven from Carrick to Clanmel and the fog is pretty bad. And uh, Ger has seen some uh, cars without lights at all in uh, the fog. So, look, do be very, very careful out there, will you, if you're driving, please. Um, on the notion of what happened in the women's dressing room, a listener says there's a big difference between a person accidentally dropping a towel and deliberately dropping the towel. But I think if people don't want to see or to accidentally see, then don't take the child in where there's adults changing. Have another plan. Take them home to shower. Possibly it's a choice if you uh, think about it. Um, uh, a listener says, I was under the impression that most uh, changing rooms have cubicles, so there's no reason for anybody to expose their body. The women's, the woman's towel obviously fell by accident. I, I, look, my impression is she had her bra... We're getting into the finer points of this now. She had her bra on her, and I'm gathering that her towel was dropped because she was putting on her undies, and I think that that's probably what was going on, and that caused the argy-bargy that happened at the time. Anyway... It's time to do this. Tip FM's Match 3 game. Tip FM's Match 3 game. With Stakelum's Home and Hardware and expert electrical at Racecourse Road, Thurless. Stakelum's.ie. Michelle is in Thurless. Morning, Michelle. Good morning, friend. How are you? How are, are you? you? Are you feeling lucky today, Michelle? Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know about that now. We'll, we'll see. Sure, we'll see. I have, I have, I think I have three numbers, but I could be totally wrong. Do you so think we'll you see. have? So you, you're feeling quietly confident, are you? But, uh, look, I don't know. I could be wrong now as well, too. But right, <laughs> I'm well, just scribbling some of them down. Let, let's on. see what happens. You know the story at this stage, Michelle, that if you pick a number where the prize is gone, I'll give you another opportunity. If you do that twice, we have to say goodbye. Is that OK with That's you? That's perfect, Dan, yeah. Thank All right, so much. a number between 1 and 90, then, please. Uh, 46. Let's go with 46. Oh, you're sounding very confident, I can tell you. But I have to tell you that 46 is gone. Oh, that's gone. Is Oh, God, I must have been gone altogether. So um, I'll go with uh, number one. Number one. All right, let's see if we can open that box up for you. And would you believe that is gone as well? All right, OK. No so that's two gone, so we have to say goodbye to you. Um, do you want to say hello to anybody as you're on, Michelle? Uh, just anybody that knows me, friend. That's all. All right, well, look, commiserations to you, but do play again, won't you? I will indeed. Thank all you right. very much. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks Thank you. Bye-bye. That's Michelle in Thurley, Thurless there. As sadly, with uh, two incorrect guesses there, but we'll give you another uh, opportunity on the show tomorrow and indeed right throughout the day here as well. Tip FM's Match 3 game. Unwrap an early Christmas present from Stakelum's Home and Hardware and Stakelum's Expert Electrical at Racecourse Road Thurless. Shop online at stakelum.ie. Match 3 win the prize. Tip FM. Now, as you know, we're with you every weekday morning from nine here, just to keep that uh, in mind. And uh, we spoke to Mick in the first hour of the programme this morning, and he gave us his views on the scourge of the e-scooters. Here's a little of what he had to say just after nine o'clock this morning. I'm a pretty big guy. I'm, I'm, I don't know, 15 to 16 stone, mm. six foot one. But this guy uh, on the e-scooter in particular, uh, he's about 15 stone weight, I'd say. Mm. And he's coming up the footpath here every day of the week and he's going to definitely 
take out me or my wife or somebody else. Some of the last people, you know, that sense again. Some make, make great sense. But they're only as good as the way they're implemented. Yes. I have a son in law myself, and he says to me, do you, want, do you want law or do you want justice? Right. Because if you're looking for justice, you'll never get it. You get right. plenty of law. They're two separate things, yeah. They're two separate things, and as far as I can see, there's a free-for-all in this country as regards laws. There is no respect whatsoever at this stage for elderly people. No, as far as I see. That's a kind of a broad statement out of me. But yeah. uh, I have said on numerous occasions, these youngsters, you know, whichever goes on the road or uh, goes somewhere, and it starts with F. Right. Yeah. Are and, you serious? Uh, you You'd be told to F off if you ask. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the other word starts with B. Right. Yeah. And that's about as blunt as I can put it. And I, I have great time for, for young people. I have a grandson myself. I have uh, grandnieces and the whole lot. And they're all nice kids and the whole lot. But uh, when it comes down to, to uh, nonsensical stuff or the implementation of laws, there's absolutely no respect whatsoever. And that was Mick speaking to me in the nine o'clock hour this morning. Um, let us move on. Before the news, you heard the views of Jessica, Amy and Vilma on the lady in the changing rooms who was labelled a pervert because uh, she dropped her towel for whatever reason. Um, Shannon joins me now. Good morning to you, Shannon. Hi, Fran. How are you? I'm very well indeed. You think it's just snowflake stuff? The, the world is snow- full of snowflakes at the moment. Do you think of that? Oh, definitely, it is a hundred percent true. You can't say anything these days. Yeah, yeah. And what what do you think about the the young lad then having a an eyeful of this lady's uh, underparts and stuff, and the mother taking exception to it? Well, I think the mother was the one who put him in that situation in the first place by bringing him into the lady's change room with her. Like no nobody, there's probably private bathrooms that she could have went into if she was afraid of what her child was going to see. So she she put him in that way. The, the other thing that came up in the conversation yesterday, Shannon, was that, you know, because the young lad heard the argument, that that might be far more detrimental to him than, you know, it might cause him to have all sorts of strange ideas about nakedness and stuff that it caused such argy-bargy. Well, definitely, if it was, especially when it was accidental. Like, it's not like the lady just turned around, saw the little boy and decided, oh, hey, I'm going to take my towel off I'm going to flash the little boy, yeah. 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 I just think it's ridiculous, like, and especially at a gym, like, I don't know, is it a gym with a swimming pool or... Well, normally it's race? a combination of both, isn't it? You know, that there's a gym and a swimming pool. And, yeah, because I know mm. in some gyms it's just a gym and people under a certain age aren't allowed into the yes, gym. Yeah. So if well, it was that case, he shouldn't have even been there in the first place. Right, well, I'm ga- that's why I'm gathering it was a leisure centre type yeah. of type of a situation, yeah. I don't I just think it's a bit crazy. The whole world has gone mad. Do you think do you so? Yeah, I do. I think there's there's no hope for them and for the future. And and do you mean with the whole woke thing and where we have to be so careful about what we're saying and what we're yeah. doing? And Like yeah. if this is what's happening because a little boy was brought in with his mum to a change room, what's going to happen when they start bringing in transgender change rooms or unisex change rooms, whatever they're calling them? Yeah. Well, you tell me. What do, what do you think is going to happen then? Oh, sure, this kind of stuff. They're going to be on the radio every day of the week complaining about anyone and anyone who, whatever they see, is going to be an issue. Yeah. And if you were sharing a a dressing room with um, a woman who was trans from being male, how would you feel about that? 
Well, to be honest, it's none of my business. Like, I, I don't be... If I was in a change room, I'd be focusing on what I was doing. I wouldn't be going out of my way to... Focus on what somebody else is doing. got under her towel or, you know, I would just... If yeah. I saw something, I saw something. It's none of my business. Right. It's their life. But do you think this is all coming down the line that there will be outrage and... Uh, definitely, but I think it's the people that are coming on Facebook saying, oh, you can't say this to this person. It's them then that then turn around and say, oh, that's a disgrace. They shouldn't be rubbing that in my face, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, all right. Um, and can I ask you about Jessica's situation where when her dad takes these little girls... Um, to the leisure centre or whatever, and they see guys strolling around. Do you? I I have to admit, I, I'm probably a bit of a snowflake myself, to be honest with you. I I'm I would be a bit concerned about that. No, I'm not sure why, but you know. Well, like I don't understand why people wouldn't use a family changing room. Like, well, there mightn't be one odd. available. You know, there might. Well, be. yeah. Yeah. And then I think it comes down to like. Fair enough, the other men in the changing room, they have an entitlement to be there, but that father has an entitlement, or he has an entitlement to change, but he has a responsibility to to protect his daughters at the same time. Yes. So, you know, if I was to bring my young kids, I have three young kids, if I was to bring them into a changing room with me, when I knew there was things in there I didn't want them to see, I would just say to them, okay, can you turn around and look at this wall while mommy gets dressed? Or, you know, I would do something to try and avert their, their vision. Very good. And is that what that mother should have done to her little boy? You I know, if she was if so she concerned. Was aware, like, she was obviously so aware of the woman changing. She was obviously watching her to some extent, so she knew that she was after dropping her towel. She could have easily just said, oh, look, turn around here, and or, you know, just distracted yeah. him for a second, instead of making that woman feel like she was some sort of sexual predator like. yeah and going and accosting her about it and, uh, yeah you know like it's hard enough for the elderly people now to get out and to socialise and fair play to her for going to the gym like I don't know how old she is but she's 50 so okay, be, be so careful with elderly, the but... be careful with the elderly bitch <laughs> but I know myself like I'm 27 and I wouldn't go to the gym by myself like I would be socially awkward I would want someone to come with me so fair, fair play to her like yeah and for then for that to turn around then and to happen to her, I just think it's terrible. Like we don't know what goes on in someone's lives or who that woman has at home or how lonely she is. That might be her only social interaction in the week. And now it's going to be taken away from her because she's victimized inside in a gym changing room. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and she feels she can no longer go back there because she was obviously made a show of in front of yeah. people and stuff, you know, which was unfortunate, to say the least. Go back to what you said to me there a moment ago. You're a 27-year-old. Um, you wouldn't go on your own to um, a leisure centre. No, I wouldn't. I just, I would feel like everyone was staring at me. Was, you know, like, even if I was out for a drink now or something and and my friend went to the toilet or something, I would, I would kind of be like, oh, no, everyone thinks I'm by myself. They think I'm alone or, you know, that kind of way. So you'd be anxious about that, would you? Oh, I would, yeah. Well, I wouldn't know hope, but i go to the gym by myself. <laughs> but but in the gym or leisure situation, is that because of the dressing room and the stripping off? Or, or... Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, it's not because of that. Okay. No. So you wouldn't like to be seen to be on your own? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I suppose I'm just used to being on my own at home and then, you know, just this generation, I suppose. Yeah, now I can understand that a lady on her own, maybe in a a bar or in a a 
a club or something, you know, that you'd... You'd, yeah. you'd never go into one of those places on your own anyway, would you? No? No, if I was to go alone, I would book, like, a personal training session, so I'm not actually on my own, you know? Ah, right, okay. Isn't it interesting? But you still think we're all... The place is full of snowflakes at the moment. People who who get up in the morning waiting to be offended, as Gay Burns said years ago. I just think compared to when I was a teenager, you could have the crack with people. Like you could, you know, you could slag people off in a friendly way. But now, if you open your mouth, oh my God, you're a bully, you're racist, you're you're sexist. It's just ridiculous. What has changed? Do you think? What's driving that? Um, I don't know. I would say the media has an awful lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, celebrities and people just running away with themselves yeah. coming up with all these new you can be anything these days like yeah and and you can't uh, do you know I, I think just because somebody is offended I mean it shouldn't stop anybody from saying anything unless it's racist or horrible or hateful yeah. and stuff but I mean I other agree, than that yeah. it might be somebody's opinion you may happen to disagree with it but you know get over it Exactly, like I'd be the type I'd say everything as it is like if I'd just tell you what I thought of you, you know, from the get-go if you don't like it, fair enough. That must get but you like, into trouble. Well, I think it gets everyone into trouble because if you open your mouth these days you get cancelled. Like know. celebrities, if they will say, what is it, that Ireland AM or something when the other day when she was interviewing the man from the travelling community and she said, oh, geez, you'd be knackered. Yeah, I know. Don't... And the outroar. And now, the she outroar. didn't mean anything but You know, no. it slipped out, it wasn't a... But yeah, there was a huge furore about that. Yeah, I just can't understand. I don't. I don't know. I'd hate to see them if they grew up where I grew up because they'd be roasted. Oh my God, they'd be. They'd need counselling. Would they? <laughs> yeah, but in a good way. Like it was funny. It wasn't malicious, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was just people being people, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I know Shannon in this job that I do. I mean, you have to bite your tongue half the time because you know you'd be just you're afraid, uh, yeah you'd be taken to the cleaners you know well I think that's not another big problem too is the claim nation like you can get a claim for anything these days yeah oh, I don't know I don't know when they're going to wake up and cough on do you do you think the the genie is out of the bottle in all of this now though I mean you know I can't see it changing very much even though I saw that Republican uh, candidate in, in Florida say, saying that Florida was the place where woke comes to die. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's interesting. Uh, maybe we could say that about Tipperary at some point. Shannon, it was lovely to talk to you and thank you very much indeed. No bother Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye to you now. That's uh, Shannon talking to us there. Uh, 27 years old, but would feel awkward enough about being on her own in place. That's that's kind of interesting, isn't it? How do you feel about that? Uh, 083 311 Somebody else telling us that the fog is very bad in the Clanmel area, so do slow down and be careful. And it says, especially on the bypass. So if you're heading in that uh, direction, do be careful, won't you? Uh, Patrick was on his, and he says, Dear God, Fran, have none of these people's kids seen them in the shower? or naked while getting dressed. What's wrong with the naked body? I think there's still a lot of prudish people out there in Ireland. And, you know, I'd probably be considered one of them too when I think about it. Let me take a break. Back in a tad. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie 
Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie uh, A listener says, with all you've said about Trump, what do you think about him now? Well, yeah, he did announce he's a was it, a third run for the White House. Um yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, he still has to get the nomination. I mean, so he still has a long ways uh, to go. And I wonder about his credibility within the Republican Party at the moment. I mean, many of his hand-picked candidates who had expressed loyalty to him. Um, and his assertions about the stolen election of 2020 and all that, they, 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 they sunk and there wasn't that... That's an overwhelming landslide for the Republicans in the in the midterm. So I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see. And I wonder what do you think of that? Uh, let's put that out there to uh, uh, listeners. What do you think about uh, Trump uh, throwing his hat in the ring? As I say, he still has to be nominated. And there may well be quite a lot of Republicans in that field looking for a nomination. So it'll be interesting uh, to see. The festive season is approaching. Many of us have probably started our Christmas shopping, but what about the pressures on parents with the backdrop of the huge rise, uh, rise in the cost of living? Well, Deirdre, one of our listeners joins me now. Deirdre, good morning to you. Hello. And good to talk to you. You think there's an awful lot of extra pressure on parents at the moment? Yes, there is. Where is that coming uh, from, Deirdre? Um, well, I suppose it starts in the classroom. Children talking about things, going home to their parents and looking for them. Mm. Um, especially, there's a few things now that have come to mind. That elf on the shelf, that is a nuisance. Um, yeah, will you, can you explain the elf on the shelf to people out there who mightn't have kids or, or might be gone beyond Santa and all of that? The, the elf on the shelf is what exactly? Literally an elf mm-hmm. that um, is bold, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And he does bold things every day mm-hmm. on the lead up to Christmas. Right, okay. So you have to find things. Now they're on the internet, you can go on and look. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, he's something that like you're going out to work in the morning, you have mm. to find something for right. it to do, or the night before. Right. So he gives you a task or something like that. Yes. Okay. Yes. And and um, that puts pressure on parents. Why? Well, because other children in the classroom have them. Right. They want them. You know, children are children. So you have to get creative about it and all of that. You have to get creative. You do. Then there's the Christmas Eve box. Mm -hmm. Another thing. What what is that now? It's a box that you give to a child on Christmas Eve. Maybe a treat, a pyjamas, and maybe a toy. Okay. Goes into it. This is before Santa comes? Yes. Okay. Right. And then you have uh, the Late Late Show. Yeah. Now there's pajamas in shops for that. Especially for the late, especially yes, for the actually, toy show, is it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. And then you have places pushing up uh, treat boxes. You know, and all this is expensive, right. especially now when some people are broke, I suppose. Yeah, they're certainly. And you have two struggling. or three children. And you're yeah. thinking, what am I going to get them for Christmas Day? Not to mind, adding up everything. 
Yeah, it, it, it's amazing the way they've broadened out Santa Claus, you know, as you say the special PJs now for the Late Late Show the snack boxes around that um, as you say, Elf on the Shelf all of these extras on top of Santa, I suppose Um, yes but you look, it's commercialised anyway, isn't it, but now they're making it worse than it ever was Yeah how how much pressure comes from the schools, do you think? You know, the other kids oh, and stuff. Is, is is that the biggie? It is, really. You know, um, children. Children can be cruel in the in the outside when they're playing, you know, in the, 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 the schoolyard. Yeah. And I have this, and you don't have that. And the brands are the biggie, are they? The branded footwear yeah. and the... Yeah, yeah. I just wouldn't like to have any young children now. Nor nor, nor me. uh, Thankfully, my lot are well beyond that now. But, um, yeah, it sounds kind of different, all right, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. The cost of living, Deirdre, um, has it gone completely out of control, do you think? It is, isn't it? And you know what? I don't think... I think just uh, a lot of companies are just jumping on on the bandwagon and increasing things. Do you think so? I do. I do. Now... Certain things have prices have to be put up, and but I think some companies are just jumping on the bandwagon. And I mean, what, do you mean hotels or do you mean well, restaurants? Manufacturers. Well, I suppose no. Um, manufacturers that make um, food products. Okay. You know, I know there probably is an increase, but I think they're all getting carried away now and putting it up. Right, and they're using the notion of a cost of living increase to, yes. to drive on their own drive their on. profits, yeah. I suppose, at the end of the day as well. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'd love your opinion on Somebody said this to me recently, though. Um, they were in uh, Tara Molino's uh, just a few weeks ago, and the place was packed with Irish people. And they also made the point that you can't get a reservation in a decent restaurant you know, because it's packed. Sometimes you have to book weeks and weeks ahead. So they're wondering, where is the difficulty with money? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Are they just... No, but you take the point. The never, never. Well, I don't know. You take the point, though. I mean, you can't get into a restaurant uh, without booking. No, because I know my daughter was trying to go to uh, a restaurant there last week and she couldn't have it packed up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought maybe coming up to Christmas. Maybe. Is that it? I don't know. Maybe it's but that. And, and that's the other point. Nice, yeah, there's not it, many nice restaurants in Clamell left. Yeah, well, I'm talking about all, around the county now in, in, in other oh. places and the like as well. You know, that it seems to be the thing. We were trying to uh, book a restaurant for next Friday night and we had to do it two weeks ago and just barely got in. You know, so... Yeah, I don't know now. I don't know unless people are just saying, just fake it. Just, just <laughs> fake it, yeah. And we'll pay the price in January or February, yeah. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'll worry about it then. But I'm the, going to go out once or twice, maybe uh, over the Christmas thing. That's it. The old credit cards might get a bit of a roasting, you think? <laughs> aren't they just? Aren't they just? Oh, don't don't mention the war. Don't mention the war. Deirdre, lovely to talk to you. We I wish you well. You. And thank bye you very bye. much indeed. Thank you. Bye-bye to you. That's uh, Deirdre there on the pressure of parents uh, coming up to uh, Christmas. How do you feel about that? 1800 938 007. Uh, Seamus is in Green. Absolutely brilliant. He says that Trump is running. Sure, one of the Muppets would be better than Biden. 
Um, as I said, that's Seamus who's in. Uh, well, yeah, he's thrown his hat into the ring and saying that he, he wants to, to run, but he still has to be nominated by the, the Republican Party. Um, just listening to the gym thing, Jesus, if my towel fell, the poor child would be traumatised for life, says Joe. <laughs> and that's female Joe, by the way. <laughs> Hello, Joe, how are you? And nice to hear from you today. Joe is in Newtown and he says one word, paedophiles, they are everywhere and you can't be careful enough, Fran. Um, OK, lots more coming into us. I'll have a look at it and I'll bring it to you in just a little while. Noel joins me. Good morning to you, Noel. Hello, friend. How are you keeping? Great to talk to you, Noel. I haven't spoken to you in some, some time. No, 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 no. How, how are things in Thurlis, Noel? Well, I'm very concerned, friend, about the, the work going on there at, at Bowes Junction. As far as I'm concerned, it needs to be stopped straight away uh, while the curbing is rectified that they've already put down at both sides of the bridge going up along towards Holy Cross. Because it's impossible to, to drive out from, from Butler Avenue now without going straight across the road in front of traffic that would be coming down from Holy Cross because they've extended. Instead of reducing the width of the footpaths to give some kind of a scope for a person turning in that direction to complete the manoeuvre without crossing the white line, <clears throat> they're after widening them out. Yeah, I haven't been there. That must be relatively recently. I haven't seen that, uh, no. Yeah, no, but... it's only recently now they have put in the curbing and that and they seem to have gone to widened it the whole way up along, you know. Right, so, so it's, the, yeah, it's better for pedestrians, but you're saying, again, it's making it even well, tighter, you know, tighter for drivers? It's absolutely impossible now to turn up towards Holy Cross <coughs> from Butler Avenue without going well across in front of traffic coming in from Holy Cross. And what are you seeing there of, the you know, trying to get across the main road there and stuff? Is it still as deadly as ever? Still as... Oh, that, that'll, be, that'll be even more um, dangerous now because they're, they're, they're narrowing in all the, the entrances to each street. We say Friar Street, Matthew Avenue, um, Butler Avenue and, and up, up to, definitely up towards Holy Cross. So as far as I'm, I'm concerned, they'd want to get some sort of a Sorry, yeah. a qualified engineer to take a look at the potential disaster that this project is descending into. But no, and this has been looked at so many times. I mean, you has, know, yeah. you, I know you've spoken to me several times. I mean, you still say it should be a flat roundabout there, but there, there was no yeah. appetite for that, and they you were see, saying, it, yeah, yeah, it's too they tight. In, there. Yeah. They brought in consultants <clears throat> just to shift the, the responsibility, I suppose to the TII and they're they are supposed to be paying for the whole lot but in my estimation the college anyone that give came out of college halfway through Freshers Week would have done a better job uh, do you think designing so? this thing yeah oh yeah right so uh, because it's going to be it's going to be an unmitigated disaster I'd say right so certainly no improvement there that you can see oh it's going to be much worse and, and, I'm, and I'm still convinced that whatever kind of a hames the the make of the junction eventually that it will require a small roundabout to give um, motorists any hope of making headway from either Matthew Avenue or Butler Avenue and by extension the railway uh, the railway but, but lots of people have told me um, Noel that you can't do that that it's too tight there to, to have an effective roundabout no not at all no 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 you have a roundabout above at, at um we say the middle road. You do, but that's a bigger that's a bigger situation there. <laughs> you saw the roundabout the roundabouts that were put in over in Cashel 
but they were crying out for him for years and they must have had a great engineer over there to just turn him in and the way the, 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 the traffic is moving in Cashel now is, is worth seeing. I agree with you and that's the one from the main street onto Fire Street you're talking about. Isn't <laughs> exactly, it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it was like playing Russian roulette there before trying to trying to come in for tourists. I remember it well, it, yeah. Oh, Jesus, it was dangerous. It was. But, but that's still a bigger thoroughfare there than, than Bowes Corner. Right, but you see, friend, you don't need... You see, the people think that you need a, a big raised thing for a roundabout. You don't. Mm. All you want is, is the circle on the road, maybe raised two or three inches, well-painted and well-maintained well that is visible. Mm. And that gives people, no matter what road they're coming out of, if they, if they know the rules of the road, anyone coming from the right has the right of way. You pull up and let them go. That's all. It just regulates. Mm. It puts order and discipline on traffic at a busy junction. Yeah, um, the trucks would have difficulty getting out. Oh, I have to tell you one thing. I was behind a, 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 a truck. I just drove over that way now before I went on mm. with you today. Yeah. I came across Butler Avenue there. Yeah. And uh, I went. I said, I come back the second time. The first time I said, just a disaster of a thing. And looking enough, and just as I was coming up to Denny Canal's um, motor place there, um, mm. a small truck... A delivery truck now to be, you know, maybe what? Would it be 20 feet long or whatever mm. they are? But uh, that went across in front of me, and I said, Jesus, this is ideal now because if I can keep up to him once he turns up, if he turns up that way, I'll see what he thought of it. Mm. So up he goes over the bridge anyway, and I kept going up along, and I says, and he went to the roundabout above then, and I said, Mercy of God, he's heading for Limerick or something. Mm. So I'll, I'll pull up. So, God, lucky enough, he went into Luca Hearns, and I pulled in after him. And I said, uh, Do you mind me asking you? I said, uh, This mine was a famous horror now. Do you mind me asking you? I said, um, What did you think of pulling out there now at, at, at uh, Butler Avenue, turning up the, the bridge? An absolute disaster, he said. Wow. Yeah. Now that that to me meant every driver a smallish truck. If you had something resembling a, a, a sawn off articulator of the truck, you it could just, forget about it. it Absolutely forget about it. Now and I, I think the the, the councillors and the, the the TDs and the engineers, if we have any qualified in that respect, would want to have a serious look at this thing before it goes too far. So it's supposed to be cost costing a half a million. And if they go through with this the way it is, it will cost another half a million to rectify it, I'd say, because the whole thing could have been done, in my estimation, for forty or 50,000 if they had to do it with the, the straighten out the curb that was coming down from from the bridge, Holy Cross, at, at the station side, and give give um, traffic a chance to turn out without being deflected out into the oncoming traffic. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the, the councillors that I spoke to uh, spoke to over the time, I mean, they've agreed that this is the right course of action after listening to the experts on it now. Well, yeah, yeah, well, you see, that's the thing about it, Fred. You need, you need a few councillors that have a brain of their own and not to be just lost into stuff that's obviously... Yeah. A 10-year-old child could tell you that this thing is absolutely ludicrous. There's this thing in towns, I know it's particularly in Tipperary, they, they widen the footpaths to the point of, like, I, I just wonder how necessary it is to have these. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, I won't say anything. There was a man here years ago and, and his, his, his forte seemed to be just building curb build-outs. Mm. That one that was there at the side of, of uh, 
the, the, the hotel there, you know, opposite Mickey Boss, what, what's the name of it at all. But they, put, they built a big curb build out around the, the, the edge of that there as well. Yeah. And that was torn, that was torn people out into the oncoming traffic coming up from, from Friar Street. Something there was absolutely no need for at all. Well, it seems to be the thing because on the Limerick Road out of Tipperary Town, they made huge footpaths there and it really has narrowed narrowed that and it's created a bit of a bottleneck there. But But you see, what do I know? Why why are they put down there? Because because you could paint in, if you wanted to paint in uh, something that would deflect traffic out three or four feet from a curb. Hmm. You could paint in those kind of things. There's no need. There's no need to have them uh, protruding in in such a an, an obtrusive way that cars can hit out of them. Or and then they put up all these signs, mm. these little deflecting kind of uh, blue and white arrows, and so they're bent and, and knocked out of it more more often than anything else. You know. Yeah, it's interesting to see what happens, Noel. When will yeah. that work be finished? By the way. Oh, your guess is as good as mine. But before I finish, Fran, yes, no. would, would I could ask the council uh, to put in a yellow box at the Munster Hotel car park entrance because... You've said this a lot of times. I, I did, you see. There, there's buses trying to go in there to collect children after school. And I see a bus the other day now pulling up just on the roundabout, wanting to go in, and there was cars parked straight across the thing. So what that stone is, is blocking up traffic coming up Cathedral Street, yes, and is also blocking traffic coming in from 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 uh, from um, the other road in along, you know. Yeah, so, you, so in, in the... just, uh, yeah, but it need be only on one side of the road. It needn't be the whole way across the road. Just on, we'll say the the car, the Munster Hotel car park entrance side of Kickham Street. Just that that half of the road with a yellow box. Keep about three or four cars out of it while while a bus pulls in. And that's okay, well, that, that, that makes sense. But you, you made that point before and obviously nobody picked up on it. So No, no, amateur. Oh. All right, no. <laughs> I feel like John the Baptist crying in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, Noel. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's bye-bye. that's John the Baptist crying in the wilderness. <laughs> I love how biblical Noel gets from time to time. 1800-938-007. The text and WhatsApp is 083 Um Okay, a lot coming in. Let me wade through it. Bring it to you in a moment. Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter, or email tiptoday at tipfm.com. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip today on 1-800-938-007. Patrick says a lot of prudes on the show today, Fran. Uh, do they ever use a urinal in a public toilet at some point? We all we are all seen naked. Um, I went for a spray tan once and the woman was shocked because I got naked. I wasn't having tan lines, says Patrick. 
There you go. Now, Patrick, fair play to you. Um, the absolute best example of how a roundabout can work in a tight area is Kelly's Corner in Nina, says one of our listeners. The amount of traffic that moves through that roundabout on a daily basis is, in my opinion, uh, by far more than what moves through Fire Street, Holy Cross, uh, Matthew Avenue, Butler Avenue uh, roads in Thurles. And, uh, yeah, that works extremely well at Kelly's Corner, actually, it does. Um, let me see, what else are we here? What does an old think of turning off Butler Avenue going into the railway station another death traps as one of our listeners um, and uh, yeah referring to my chat with uh, Deirdre about how difficult it is for parents though with uh, demanding children um, this listener says who's the adult here they give children too much um, back to the whole uh, Butler Avenue thing. Fran, I have to agree with Noel regards that junction. They've made a complete dog's dinner of the works. They must have been thinking that we were going back to the donkey and cart. And that comes in from Pat today. Mandy is in Holy Cross and she agrees as well. She says, I was behind a lorry coming off the Holy Cross Road and he was turning right into Butler Avenue. Uh, he had no choice but to mount the curb on his right. Very dangerous for pedestrians, says Mandy on 83 311 Now, you will have heard PJ English uh, several times on the show. He's a community activist in Tlaheen and indeed a business person there as well. And he joins me now. PJ, good morning to you. Good morning, friend. How are you? I'm very well indeed. And I want to talk to you about what's coming up in Tlaheen. But can I ask you, since all that uh, debacle about uh, the image of Clohean being tarnished somewhat on, on national radio and stuff. How, have you gotten over all of that in Clohean? Have things improved? Well, it, well, I'll say we got over it. <clears throat> We're a very resilient, resilient um, area here. We can cope with a lot of um, good press and bad press. And uh, I think Clohean is a booming town and was always a booming town. Mm. Do you know... There's there's so much to offer in Clahean. We it is a mecca for tourism. First of all, we have uh, Parsons Green is the biggest attraction you could get in any area. It brings hundreds and hundreds of people to Clahean every year from um, Patrick's Day to Halloween, and uh, the town is rejuvenated for that them all them months. And still, even those people still staying in Parsons Green. And they go for walks, they go for mountain hikes, there's a cycling club, there's everything you could want in Clahean. And the, the great endorsement of an area, PJ, has to be the opening of new businesses. And you, ha- you have two new restaurants, I think, opening up there, haven't you? Yes, we have. We, we have four restaurants in Clahean now. And there's two uh, opened recently, just last weekend. And one of them was the Flying Dutchman. Is just as you enter Clahean, and uh, it is a great business and lovely food coming out of it. And then the other person is Market Stone in Clahean. Uh, Mary and Willie O'Keefe opened that um, just last weekend as well. Mm. And they have seating for 70 people. They have rooms, conference rooms in the back. They have rooms for theatre. They, they bring the comedy acts often come to the stone and um, you know yeah. and they're delighted with the business they're getting so far anyway right, isn't and that that, great? Yeah. In, in addition to the old convent um, it is known all over Ireland and um, the old convent and then we have um, uh, what's the other one the, the 
You have a Chinese uh, there in, 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 in have, the, the we, village we, as well, haven't you? Yes, we have a Chinese, and um, mm. they're there for a couple of years, and it's doing great. People come from all over the place for the Chinese. That's good, yeah. Know? So the area is thriving, really, PJ, isn't it? The area is, is, is massive. Yeah. You could, there's so much to do. The only downfall we had was when, when the bank closed in yeah. Clarine. But the services of the bank can be done in Ballyporeen, the neighbouring village, the Ballyporeen uh, post office. So other than that, we have everything. Yeah, you could, well, you I, could. Uh, we have an undertaker. We have Carbot's <laughs> hardware. We have everything. And and Johnny Carbot says he's the last man to let you down. So, um, <laughs> I love so, it. Tell me what's happening. You have some great stuff happening for Christmas, haven't you? Yes, we starting off on November the eighteenth, which is this Friday coming. We have a Christmas cooking demo with the great Eileen Condon of Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And um, what what Eileen is is going to prepare is a braised breast of turkey with honey glazed ham, garlic potato bake, mincemeat pies, homemade villa ice cream, and baked alaska. Ah, stop, I'm starving. (laughs) And the best thing about it, there'll be a a cheese and wine reception coming into it. And um, there'll be food dished out uh, over the last number of years. You'd nearly get a full dinner at the end of the night with everything she cooks will be handed out and... um, so admission is fifteen euro. And where do you and, get tickets uh, for that, PJ? You can just turn up on the night. Right. Okay. Turn up on the, and then we uh, November the twenty seventh, the Sunday week, mm. uh, uh, Sunday week, mm. um, Christmas market, and we have uh, up to twenty stalls of all different sorts of um, of presents mm. and of whatever that's needed. And then um, the community party is um, on de- December the fourth. Right. And we have music with the Humphreys. There'll be free admission. But, um, and where, where is that be, happening? That's happening in St. Paul's Community Centre as well. Yeah. And it's always a great a great Sunday. And um, everyone is entitled to come along Very and enjoy good. the festivities. Were you telling us about flower arranging that's going on with uh, Jean as well? Is that, is that Yes. Yeah. On December the 10th, we have flower arranging with Jean Slashley O'Gorman. And um, so this is a free event as well. And if anyone would like to come along, they're more than welcome. Very good indeed. So all all going well anyway, as far as you're concerned. All going well and getting better. Do you know, when, when you have the confidence of two businesses opening in with all that's, that's happening around the country, do you know, we are, we are going up the hill when everyone else is kind of coming down. So... Um, you know, it is great, and hopefully it will, it will keep going. And I wish everyone a happy Christmas, and to you and your staff for uh, the great ver- you're very support. Did, did you get any reaction you. back from the national station on, 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 that, um, on that piece? Because I presume you made contact with them to say you were very unhappy with the portrayal of, of the village. Did you get anything back on that? Well, um, we sent in a complaint to RTE, but up to now we didn't get anything back. But, um, but I think that the editor in the RTE programme has a lot to answer for. Do you know, there was a lot more said that wasn't um, didn't come out on the airways. Yeah, well, that's, and that's I, the joy I, of editing, you see. That's the trouble with a, a programme like that, where they take lots and lots of uh, footage or audio, and then it's edited, and it's up to the editor then, isn't it? Yeah, but it could paint a very uh, bad reflection on people if they want to. Or the opposite, they could paint a very good reflection. But unfortunately, our 
reflection was damaged in Clarine. And I think Justin McCarthy, and you know, he's a very good uh, reporter and everything, but I think he he stepped on the line. Mm. You know, he, he pulled too much out of Clarine that, that, you know, that Clarine, if, if he just gave it the right, you know, it was, it was a lie that happened. Mm. That's, that's what was he was saying. And uh, I think that uh, we'll get over it, and we always will. And uh, just to say a bit out there about the history of Clarine, only a small couple of bits. Um, T- Thomas Clark, his parents were married in Clarine, in mm-hmm. St. Paul's Community Centre. We, ha- we had Shambler Castle. We had an army barracks in Clarine. And while all this was happening, we had the army barracks and everything, we had a very active war of independence. Mm-hmm. Um, and who was a regular visitor to Clarine over the years was Dan Breen. He was great friends with a past uh, parish priest that we had, Father Tom Power. Yes. And he was a regular visitor into Clarine. So there's a lot you know. of historic background there as well. Yeah, it's interesting. Yes, very, well, very well, historic. It's a lovely place, as I can uh, attest. Can I finally ask you just about the whole cost of living thing? And, I mean, you're a businessman yourself there with a, a wonderful vegetable shop and all of that. Um, are you seeing that? Are people a little more careful? Are they? What are you seeing? Well... I don't see too much of a gist. You know, prices they're saying are going up and up and up. But people still have the same. You know, they, we never buy things that we don't need. You know, a lot of people don't anyway. And so they're buying what they need. The prices in, in one of the fruit and veg shops anyway didn't go up. And I can say that Excel are very um, good on prices. Mm. The, the whole place is, is good on prices. But I think we have to cut our cloth to our measure as well. You know, we can't we can't go along and buy things and just don't use them or, or you know, throw out after a certain number of days. Mm. But, you know... The things are kind of they're hard on young families. I'm I'm in the age now, my three grown up children, but um, they're hard on young families trying to make ends meet, and especially this time they want presents and they want everything oh, you would think yeah. of. And and you know yeah. it's hard. It is hard times. Oh, you right. know, well, but shop local is is our motto. That's, that's in, very important, isn't it? Yes, shop yeah. local, and as I'm saying a couple of times, you will get everything in Clarine that you need. We have oh. a massive chemist, a hairdresser, and everything you would talk about. Very good. So. PJ, you look after yourself, my best everybody there in Clarine. Thank you for coming on Love. with me. Thank you. Thank you, Thank friend. You. Take, Thank you very take, much. Take care of yourself. And that's PJ English there, community activist and a business person in lovely uh, Clahine. Uh, going down by Matthew Avenue is a joke, Fran, that curb is out way too far, so if a lorry uh, coming down the bridge uh, goes down Matthew Avenue hasn't a hope of going down there when there's a car waiting at the junction in the way or even heading up towards the bridge turning right to Matthew Avenue you can't with the footpath in the way on the left it's absolutely crazy says one of our listeners the final one from Mick the footpaths are so wide in the green in Cashel now the cars can't pull up to go into a funeral uh, I saw a few cars parked outside the path, so the whole length of the street was down to one lane. As I said before, some of the engineers wouldn't get a job anywhere else. And that's it for making we're getting uh, lots more uh, on that as well. Friend, you should take a visit to uh, Grange Mokler 
to see the waste of money on widening the footpaths. Totally unnecessary. It seems to be the thing lately, doesn't it? Anyway, that's it for me. Emma produced. Ali looked after her content. I will talk to you tomorrow. You look after yourself now, won't you? Bye-bye. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.